3: Just got tired of doing what you
1: do. Like a boy, a little man. what is, up? What is happening? It's the DGN Nation podcast coming at you live here for the Week 14 Main Plate Breakdown. Let's get it, guys. Man, rocking with us. Week 14. I can't believe we are here, but here, here we are. And uh, as we, Cooper Cup just scores the touchdown there on the Slate Patriots getting getting rolled on like they do with the Chargers. But I digress. Ryan Williams here at, at Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find me on Twitter. Joined by the usual suspects, my guys. Maddie DFS at uh Maddie DFS on Twitter, Maddie2v2, Maddie Buckets, and the Godfather himself, Mr. Kevin Steele at Fantasy RAF 13. Fellas, how are we doing here for the week 14 slate?
3: I'm good. I uh I think that this slate is absolutely wild. So I'm excited to
1: talk about it. Matty, this one, this one, wild too. You, you be saying that every week. What's, what's no, going on?
3: No, no, last week was pretty straightforward. I told you guys, I sat here and told you guys, I told the, so, I told the followers, the <laughs> listeners, I said, stack Tennessee and Cleveland. Do it. What do you know? 80 combined points.
1: And oh, gonna, my God. There's yeah. another
3: game this week that I'm going to sit here and tell you, stack this game. And you guys <laughs> aren't going to listen. You guys are going to, no, I'd rather, I'd rather stack this other game that's way more
1: popular. What what okay. about that Derek Carr girl dad narrative though? No, yeah, that
3: that that hit a lot of Derek Carr winning teams to to Darren Waller stacks. Uh, I had a pretty good weekend. Okay. I had zero Darren Waller, but yet all of my teams cashed somehow. Um, I had a ton. I had Corey Davis everywhere. Uh, he smashed. Yeah. He was like my favorite play on the slate. Uh, I had a ton of Devontae Adams. Uh, I paid up for him instead of the running backs. So. You know my roster construction worked out. Uh, I thought last week was pretty straightforward. Um, I got burned by the Raiders, but I think this week is insane with how many different ways you can go. It's a, it's a wild slate.
1: We'll talk Kev, about it. Kev. How you feeling? You you sharing those same sentiments as Matty is or uh, not so much?
2: I fucking love this slate. Like I am excited about. It. We were still. We hadn't even hit lock for Sunday of last week, and I was excited about this week. So
1: <laughs> that, that's just that's just normal, though. That's that's run of the mill for you. Well, like, I'm always looking, looking ahead. I'm
2: always looking to see what see what it is. I hated last week. Like I was not really all that excited about that slate. Like the more and more I looked at it, I wasn't really uh, you know um, excited about you know a lot of the builds and everything else I made. And like I was really questioning myself, especially Saturday. Like man, maybe I should just back off here and just play light because. I just did not like the slate at all, and sure enough, uh, I, I it was for good reason because I fucking hated the slate. Even though I had two or three uh, Carr and Waller stacks, and still that uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't a very good day. Um, so, but we're back again, and uh, I, I am really really excited about this week. I, there's so many good directions we can go, whether that be <laughs> you know in the quarterback position. Um, there's I I feel like there's I don't know maybe seven
1: or eight quarterbacks that you could play if you wanted to sure yeah yeah it's 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 definitely going to be a fun ride and and not to mention even that we you know finally get a full slate of games i mean you know knock on wood I, I guess i'll do that but you know no no covid issues but other than the covid issues we don't have teams playing on tuesday or wednesday or anything like that it's it's one of the um first weeks that we can get actually a full um, slate of games, which I get, you know, I think there's going to be some interesting builds that go along with it too. Cause that puts in more teams. We got a ton of teams with high implied totals here o- over 25. I think I counted like eight of them. Um, so definitely like, like you guys are alluding to definitely a lot of spots to go, uh, before we get in, uh, to the slate and kind of talk about the quarterback position there, just wanted to shout out all the subscribers that we've had all year. Um, it's, it's just a beautiful thing to see the fantasy authority channel, just, just lighten it up and no, no surprises. That the subscriber uh, numbers have been going up after I know the fantasy authority channel tweeted it out. Maddie tweeted it out. You can see there if you're watching on YouTube. But if you're listening to this, we need you guys to make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Even if you consume the content on podcast softwares, it's going to be in your best interest to subscribe to this channel before too long because the subscriber is getting assigned Alan Robin. Robinson Jersey from the fantasy authority here uh, giveaway on December 27th. So you definitely do not want to miss out on that. That's going to, uh, I mean, you know, Alan Robinson's been been great this year and I, I want to go back to the well with him th- this week. Um, we kind of teased it last week before, beforehand and uh excited to get back to him this week. So let, let's kind of get into this slate as you guys are both kind of talking about the quarterback position. Kev, I know you said there are uh different quarterbacks that are in play. We always think about the quarterback position kind of being the way that we start our builds this week. And so we're looking at this slate. I mean, we got we got some pretty interesting ways to go. I mean, we have Pat Mahomes like, once again back on the main slate here again, you know, Pat Mahomes every week, he's going to go out there and and do what he does. He's going to get to Miami team. And, and, you know, it's interesting because I know two was on the injury report this week. So if we get Fitzpatrick somehow in this game to kind of drive the pace, even though it's not really, you know, we don't think of it as a favorable matchup for the pass attack. We think about it, you know, on the ground, we can talk about miles Gaskin when we get to running backs, but I still think Fitzpatrick would at least help the pace to keep up in this game and to keep pat mahomes throwing so he's always interesting always in play you got russell wilson at 7900 deshaun watson at 76 and roger 75 Kyler murray who seems to be broken uh right now at 7200 and, to- and uh tom brady at 6900 and then you get into i mean really some favorable guys i'm curious to see where your guys's thoughts are i mean for me uh i see Walita Waleed- in the in the chat they're talking about Russ I I do feel like this could be you know a Russ game I do like the spot for DK I like the spot in the slot for Tyler Lockett um and Chris Carson is is dealing with an injury Hyde is dealing with injury that's something to monitor but you just got I I mean you guys both know I I love narratives I love attacking that kind of way and I'm just looking at this route they just got embarrassed by the, the Giants, they're going at home against the Jets. Jets just got rid of the defense coordinator. I don't really care about that. They've been a team to attack all year through the pass, and we know big games can come up anytime Russ is playing. Uh, he's my I think he's my favorite pay-up option. And then when we get into these mid-tier guys, you know, definitely have interest in Justin Herbert going against the Atlanta defense. The secondary outside of A.J. Terrell has not been able to stop anybody. Definitely a lot, like what I can come up with stacks for him. Uh, Ryan Tannehill at 6,700 on the road against Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville's secondary, these guys have been bad outside of like Sidney Jones, but it, again, they're missing three top guys. If Sidney Jones isn't out there, Clay Brooks isn't out there, uh, Hayden's not out there. They're running out guys like Trey Herndon um, on most of the snaps, and he's just been, you know, pretty much a turnstile for <laughs> opposing weapons. So he's interesting there. And, and even, you know, even a guy like Taysom Hill, who's at sixty six hundred, this might be the last week that we could play him. Michael Thomas has been catching some steam. I've seen uh, on, on some on some places and some fantasy outlets, and he's just been so good, finally throwing for a touchdown last week, and we know what he can offer on the on a running game, and even even for a guy that's cheap, I kind of have some interest in, in Drew Locke, so I'm curious to see what you guys think about that. He's 5,100, but the guys that you can stack him with when you're looking at Judy, Tim Patrick, Noah Fan at tight end, um, it makes for an interesting stack. If that game, if we can get pieces in that game that are going, we know Christian McCaffrey's probably Probably not gonna play, um, is what they're saying. But Mike Davis still there. You know, maybe we get DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel off the COVID list, and that could help out Robbie Anderson. I kind of like that game kind of going under under radar there. So I'm curious to see where you guys' thoughts are. Matty, I see you smiling, but I, I definitely want to start with Kev this week and kind of see where the where the godfather where the godfather is leaning here as he gets the Santa hat on. Kev, talk oh, to us, man. I'm if just on giving.
3: I'm laughing at chat. They think you look like Samuel L. Jackson.
1: <laughs> samuel l i'll take that motherfuckers i'll take that <laughs> let's go kev what, what are you feeling about this week how, how are you looking at a uh, quarterback uh
2: i love it one uh do not play deshaun
1: watson this oh, right oh there. god oh, yeah yeah, yeah. God. here we go we'll, we'll just chop it up, uh, deshaun, watson's in, okay. deshaun okay. watson's in play deshaun watson's play he's not he's, he's not one of my favorite play. players he's definitely in play he's not even close to in play Oh,
2: I like it. Yeah, See, my well,
1: cat says. So. Okay, so uh, uh, I, w- I did. I didn't even want to get into this because he's not even one of my favorite plays. But the fact that he is in play, I mean, listen. So Deshaun Watson. It, it doesn't really matter. Like. With him, I feel like, you know, first of all, this isn't a bad matchup for him uh, going on the road against this Bears defense that has actually been obliterated in the passing attack the past two weeks. I mean, they they really just have been on the snide, uh, haven't been, you know, haven't been playing up to their potential. It's, it's getting really bad here in Chicago. I mean, Matt Nagy was calling out the defense a couple weeks ago. Defense has now been bad. Trubisky been back out there, but they just blew that lead against Detroit and the morale is just down. So there's no there's no reason for me to believe that this team is is in a place to kind of get up for a game like this. And you're looking at Deshaun Watson coming in here and even, you know, just take out the stacking aspect of it from the jump and I don't really, cause I don't really like Brandon cooks, but I'm looking at guys like Kuti, who's going to be in the slot. I'm looking at guys like Jordan Aikens, who tight ends have been um, mm-hmm. obliterating uh, the bears the, all, all season long. I mean, seconds they, they allowed on average per game, the most, a second most receptions and the second most uh, touchdowns to tight ends. So Jordan Aiken we know is in a good spot and they've given up big plays. Maddie, we've talked about this against the bears all year, giving up the big playability and, and all of the, it seems like most of the production, if not a lot of big play production for the Texans comes on these big plays. I think like 18% of their plays have gone for like 20 or more yards. So he's always a threat in in these kind of f- favorable matchups and you're looking at the rushing upside that he offers we love that he's rushing you know 7 8 on average uh over the past couple games no no will fuller out there definitely has put more on him and i know that kev wants to talk about the splits without will fuller but uh, again it's just it's totally different because most of those splits come when DeAndre Hopkins was on the field for them too. And I'm just looking at this situation here. Nothing that the Bears have done over the past two weeks has shown me that they can be able to stop a guy of of Deshaun Watson's caliber. Just giving up seven touchdowns in the past two weeks, Matt Stafford was lighting them up without Kenny Galladay out there. I, I just think, and nobody's going to play this guy. And that's why I think he's in play is because he's buried around guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and people are gonna and and the other thing that's great about Watson I think too is if you don't stack him with cooks you're already gonna be different from the field in large tournaments and um uh, I I just I, I I definitely like getting some exposure to him I'm not building around it but I like getting some exposure to Watson this week. The chat, well, the chat has let, let right me now. have it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Ryan
2: it. Ryan is off today. Locking Watson, my point. He's a lock off. and come back <laughs> on <off.
1: laughs> at Ryan Alexander underscore W. Y'all can y'all can be uh, be on my <laughs> DMs all all week. Let's go. Let him
2: know, let him know why you, know, you can't play to Sean Watson. He was I mean, go, we go you through can't this play to week week with the quarterback against the Bears outside. First of all, okay, here's a couple of it, things. Dude, uh, the the outs- what are you
1: talking about outside, dude? This dude goes to, into Jacksonville every year and lights it up outside. What, what is this outside splits that you want to refer to? Uh,
2: so, on the, in his career, when he's been outside, he's averaged like 230 passing yards compared to when he's been inside a dome, which is like 280 yards. It is a thing, okay, okay. And, and and not to mention the fact, my my biggest problem with playing Deshaun Watson, 50, like, everything yes, 50 out, everything yards. else you just <laughs> said. My biggest problem playing Deshaun Watson at seventy six hundred is I can play Russell Wilson, who's in a much is in a ten thousand times better spot. I can play Patrick Mahomes in 8,100, uh, 8, barely more expensive, much better spot. Aaron Rodgers. Shits all over him, you know. Like so many guys, Justin Herbert is cheaper than he is. Like Ryan Tannehill. There is so right. many good quarterbacks on the slate. You don't have to play
1: Deshaun Watson, and, that, and that's what matchup. makes him a good tournament play, Kev. Like all of these guys, I just don't Look at their running backs.
2: You can't, you can't take one game and say, "Well, this is what he did last week." Without, without Will Fuller, the history is not. I'm, on not, his I'm not
1: talking about one game, though. I'm not talking about one game. I'm and, just and, and saying, if, and the if Will he, didn't, and if he split. didn't do
2: great, if like, like, and you say, "Oh, well," then that was with, that was with. If DeAndre Hopkins, if his numbers dropped off with that Will Fuller with DeAndre Hopkins on the field, like what can you realistically expect whenever he's not? When, in a, a Bill, in a bill
1: O'Brien offense, though, too. Like let's not let's not think that Romeo Cornell has definitely take taken off the training wheels and just said, you know what, fuck what we did for Traving for David Johnson. I wasn't a part of that. I don't really like Duke Johnson either. So I'm just going to let Deshaun go out there and cook. I mean, the attempts have been there. This the, All they do is pass in this offense and so I'm um, in so two things here one is all the plays that you're alluding to those running backs are in great spots as well. So like Chris Carson he could take away from Russell Wilson Austin Eckler could take away from Justin Herbert. Ah, uh, Derrick Henry could take away from Ryan Tannehill. All of the uh, D- Dalvin Cook again from Kirk Cousins. All of these running backs are in good spots as well to go along with these quarterbacks. And I'm looking at Deshaun Watson. I don't have to worry about David Johnson taking away from him. I don't have to worry about Duke Johnson taking away from him. It's going to be Deshaun Watson just going out there and doing his thing. And it's not even about the Will Fuller thing, Kev. I was more so alluding to what the Bears defense has been allowing. To players over the past two weeks and a guy like Matthew Stafford, who he hasn't really been that good without Kenny Galladay. But because of the way this defense is playing, he was able to go out there with with guys like Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola and TJ Hawkinson and light them up for 400 yards and three touchdowns. And Deshaun Watson is fully capable of that. And his ownership is not going to reflect the type of player that he is. And again, you know, it's large field tournament play. I think that you can get leverage on the field. He's going to be going under the radar. I mean, guys like Baker Mayfield were winning people money. Mike Glennon were winning people money. And the price tag doesn't really matter to me for Deshaun Watson because this dude has 30-point upside with the rushing ability that he's able to see. And so to just say that it's a bad play, again, I just don't agree with that. It's He's not one of my favorites, but I feel like I have to stand on this on this hill for him just because of the player that he is and what he means to the offense and what he's going to be doing from a DFS standpoint. And people don't want to play him. And that's what makes me kind of excited about having teams because on the other side too, Montgomery in a great spot, Allen Robinson in a great spot. So if Mitchell Trubisky can go out there and David Montgomery can go out there and kind of keep this game, keep pressure on Watson to throw even more then I, I mean, he's going to reach that 30 plateau. I feel like 30 point plateau. That's how I feel. Love that game stack.
3: My take is he better get you 30 points because there's going to be probably three or four guys that, that re- get close to or reach the 30 point threshold. So I think your quarterback that you play this week, no matter what his price tag is, he's going to have to be a top three, top four quarterback overall in scoring, no matter what his price is, even if he's 5,100, like just the, the layout of the slate. There's so many games that are, that are, have the potential to just go nuclear. And so there's gonna be you know one or two stacks where you're like man, you have to have them to even have a shot to win a tournament.
1: So for sure, and, all, and I think
3: all I'm, gonna, all I'm saying is you know if if you if that's your thinking with with Deshaun, you think he can you know he's got a good shot to be a top scoring quarterback on the slate overall, and not it's not price adjusted, and he is priced at the top, so he kind of has to get you there regardless. Um, but I mean, if you think he gets you thirty to thirty five, play.
1: And, and, and I think that you can't you can't get there without doing a lot for your salary and sacrificing. I mean, even I love Russell Wilson this week, but I'm looking at builds and I'm like, well, how many times have, you know, both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf popped off in the same game? So can I get one of these guys to just go for their 35 or 40 point game and fit them in on the Deshaun Watson team that carries just at and, and, and Atkins who don't carry, you know, heavy price tags? And still get exposure to the Tennessee offense, still get exposure to the Seattle offense, still get exposure to running backs in good spots. I mean, the the stack allows for you to, to still, you know, come up with a scenario where that game can hit and you could still have exposure to this other team without going heavy on the full full game there, so to speak. If, you know, if we were talking about Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks being being these guys and it was 7, seven six for the quarterback, 7K something for the wide receiver, 6 mid-tier for the other wide receiver, then yeah, I mean, the, the builds would allow you to, you know, not be able to take some of these other players in good spots. But because of the way the pricing goes on the options that come along with Watson, that's what kind of, you know, makes me feel that he's in play. Because I, th- I, I do think that, high twenties is definitely in, in his range of outcomes. And, you know, th- when you get into thirties, you're just talking about multiple scoring uh, multiple uh, touchdowns for him with the running that he's seeing, which I think he's still in a position to do that the way the bears um, attack with their front seven.
3: Yeah. I probably won't get there myself, but I mean, again, if you think he's got a shot to be the overall QB one on the slate, by all means, fire him up. Kev, where you where you at
1: with, with quarterback? Who who are your, who are your guys? So who are you playing? So, all right. So, like I said, for me, it,
2: J- Justin Herbert is one hundred percent one of my favorite plays. He, he's coming off, pro- well, not probably his worst game of his entire career, um, short career uh, last week. I still don't have any idea how they how they just got boat raised forty five to nothing uh, against the Patriots last week, and that that, that, that terrible ass offense. Um, but. Um, I really want to start with, with Ryan Tannehill. And I, I honestly don't think he's going to be all that chalky considering how many good quarterbacks are on the slate. Because I, I think some people are going to tell themselves whenever they look at Ryan Tannehill and this Jacksonville offense is that they're going to all looking at it like, okay, Derrick Henry is going to come out and absolutely smash. And so don't play Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. in this game. But I think that's a big mistake because, one, the Jaguars have done a really good job this year like they've they've kept every game just about every game they've played close like they, they have not been getting blown out if you go and look at the jags um and the last the three of the last four games including games against the packers vikings browns and texans they've lost by a touchdown or less so like this isn't a team that's out here just getting blown out blown out and if that's the case then i think that puts ryan Tannehill right square you know in play and if you look at them um, I mean he's ninth in air yards, ninth in air yards per attempt, and third in fantasy points per game, and he's fifth in passing touchdowns. And Jacksonville obviously is terrible against uh against the pass, or 31st and pass DVOA, 23rd and rush DVOA. And they're all they also allow the fourth most DK points to the position. And so I think Ryan Tannehill is 100 percent still in play this week. And I know some people will probably want to go in a different direction because of, like I said, uh Derrick Henry and I really don't know if I can still play eighty seven hundred dollars, Derrick Henry. Like I get the matchup, but I know in his previous two games against the Jaguars, he's crushed them. Um, and I know it's December now, so it's the you know the winner is coming, Derrick Henry narrative that that's so fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> eighty seven hundred dollars. I just don't know if I can, if I can, if I can mess with that. Right. I, I like Ryan Tannehill at sixty seven hundred. I just think that is uh, that is uh, pretty cheap for him. I think Kirk Cousins is a great play as well at sixty two hundred against the against the Bucks. Um, now, boy, the, the, this this Bucks defense has been um really exposed, uh, especially on the ground, uh, or especially um, lately. You know, we've seen quarterbacks uh, come in there and light them up. And I think, you know, when you look at where they're still not going to have Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook is banged up and they have been elite against the run, they're going to be forced to throw. And if you look at Kirk Cousins, I mean, Kirk Cousins is on a fucking heater right now. Uh, He scored, I think, at least 17 DK points in uh, each of his last five games. Um, Yeah, yeah. twenty five or twenty six thirty twenty six and eighteen and i mean he, he's pretty cheap at sixty two hundred they, they still haven't really priced him up i think you can fit in whether and we're also looking at the possibility of not having kyle rudolph this week which i think Erv smith returned to practice which i think that would be a, you know a good play if you want to go there with either justin jefferson or adam Thielen. you can play any of these guys because the jacksonville uh, the jacksonville secondary is absolutely atrocious um or jacksonville the uh the Bucks uh, secondary is, is not anything you should be worried about. I got sidetracked with talking about the Jags, but um, <laughs> too.
3: yeah.
2: But I so I like Kirk Cousins at sixty two hundred. And if you want to get weird, I still think you can go right back to the uh, Mitch Trubisky. Well, uh, at, at fifty six hundred going against Houston, that defense is terrible. You know, if you want to stack him with Allen Robinson, maybe uh, Cole Komet. I think Cole Komet is one hundred percent in play as well. He is somebody that has especially the last two or three weeks, has really become more and more involved in that, that passing offense. And he's actually been running more routes and seeing more targets than Jimmy Graham in that offense. So I, I do like him as well. And I think Andy Dalton is in play against Cincinnati at 5,500. Um, so I, I think there's just a lot of good plays. Obviously, the, the elite plays up top, I don't really need to get into you know Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, um, all of those guys. Are 100% options this week, and uh, we'll have a lot of them. The only other guy that I would talk about too, I guess, is is uh, Matt Stafford going against uh, Green Bay. So the, we only had it's only one week of sample size, but Darren Bevel has really just taken the reins off of Matt Stafford again. Uh, now with Matt Patricia gone, so last week he threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns, but things that really. Stood out to me is he, they become so they were so aggressive last week. Um, and he averaged 13.1 air yards per attempt, which is the second highest total of his career. And he completed 16 passes of 10 plus yards last week against the Bears. So they are out here looking to chuck it. And Green Bay could certainly be had, um, through the air. And so I think this is a game that has shootout potential written all over it because uh, Green or Detroit defense is absolutely horrific. And this is a game they're gonna have to play catch up and at 5,700. You know, I, I think you I think this is another uh, really good spot to get
1: to at fifty seven hundred if you want to pay down. Matty, how you feeling about quarterback this week?
3: Uh so just to I mean, just a piggyback off of what kind of what I was saying about Deshaun, I, I think you've got to look at each quarterback that you're gonna, you know, plug into your roster and say, Can this guy get me top three fantasy points at the position this week? Just because of the the nature of the landscape of, of how many fantasy points I think we're gonna see this week, especially from air attacks. Uh, I think you've got to, you know, you've got to nail the raw overall points as much as we want to save salary. I, I, and we'll talk about it at the running back position, but there's a lot of cheap running backs to where you'd really salary is almost not an issue for your stacks. Um, I mean, there's some five, like there's a handful of 5k guys at the running back position that have a monster ceiling uh, based on matchup and workload. So, I mean, for me, it's – you know, I'm going to do everything I can to fit in these, these stud quarterbacks, uh, not necessarily just the guys just at the top of the pricing range. But, I mean, Kev, you touched on on Cousins, and I think that, uh, you know, last week I was, I was all over Cleveland and, and Tennessee, and I think Minnesota and Tampa Bay is that game for me this week. Uh, you've got Tampa Bay, who's a, a pass funnel defense. Uh, we know that, you know, they're going to – Minnesota will try to run the ball with Alvin Cook as much as they can but at some point they have to rely on, on throwing the ball and uh, the pay, the I say the Patriots cause Tom Brady, but the bucks uh, they rank fifth over the last four weeks in pass rates. When in one score games throwing the ball 67% of the time. So we know on the Bucks side, they're going to want to throw the ball and Tom Brady's easy to stack with, especially if Mike Evans is out, you've got Antonio Brown and, and Chris Godwin and Gronk. So there's, there's really only three pass catchers there you got to worry about if Evans is out. So I really like that game. I think that, you know, Minnesota, when they have had to push it through the air, they've been able to do that. You look at the Dallas game, not a good defense. They were able to put up points. The Seattle game, not a good defense. They were able to, able to put up a ton of points. And they've really put up points all year. So uh, Minnesota's played and in, in quietly been in a lot of shootouts this year, uh, whether it's been on the ground or through the air. Like when Justin Jefferson, when they have to pass, they get Justin Jefferson going deep down the field and he burns everybody. And, you know, Adam Thielen is probably going to go overlooked because of how good Jefferson has been. And he's the the sexier name right now, but I, I think Thielen's even cheaper than Jefferson. Um, so I really like that game. Uh, I think it turns into a pass fest back and forth. Um, the other game that I really want to stack a bunch of is, is the chargers in Atlanta. Uh, I think Herbert, this is a mega bounce back spot for him. Um, Atlanta, so while we have been saying, you know, they've kind of been better since since the coaching change, but you look at kind of the teams they've faced uh, since week five. So you've got Minnesota, 363 passing yards, Detroit, 322 passing yards, Carolina, 270 passing yards, Denver, 271 passing yards. Then you got the last three games are two Taysom Hill games, who he's not going to throw a bunch. And then Derek Carr had a, had a down game for 179. So this Atlanta team who we were picking on every single week to start the year, they still have been giving up production through the air. And I mean, they, I think their games have kind of gone lower in, in terms of total score because Atlanta has themselves have tried to run the ball more. Um, but they have actually trended back skewed more towards passing the ball recently uh, over the last four weeks and one score games. They're up to 68% uh, passing, which is second in the league. And guess who's in third? The Chargers, sixty-eight percent, right there with them. So uh, I think there's going to be a ton of passing in that game. And just like the other game, Minnesota-Tampa Bay, we know the the key culprits if that game goes off. You got Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler on one side, even Hunter Henry's an option. Uh, and then on the other side, running it back, obviously Julio and Ridley. And I mean, it's such an easy game to stack. And and with all the value running backs, I, I think that it's very easy to, to do this week. Uh, so those are really the two games that I'm going to focus on a lot, uh, for, in terms of you know the air attacks that I'm going for, and then I do want to say you know I think I think you're going to hear some talk this week about the matchup that Patrick Mahomes has and and how the Dolphins' defense uh, has been very good this year. And while that is the case, again a big a big part of my my process is to look at the the teams that they've played and you know how good have. The team's been in both the passing attacks and the rushing attacks as a whole in the season, and say, okay, if this team is good passing the ball and they did well against the Dolphins, you know, maybe maybe the Dolphins aren't that great of a pass defense, and that they've just been kind of hidden by a weaker schedule. So when you when you slice it down to that level, um, Josh Allen threw for, uh, let's see, I'm up on where are we at? Dolphins. Here we go. So on defense, Josh Allen threw for 411 yards. Uh, Russell Wilson, three hundred forty-three yards. Jared Goff, who's not as good as those guys, three hundred forty yards. Kyler Murray even threw for two sixty-four. Uh, then you get to the Denver Broncos, hung two seventy on them. Like, and then it's a bunch of Jets and Patriots and Jaguars. And I think that you know they've given up a ton of ton of yardage production to elite quarterbacks uh, and and passing attacks that are competent. And so, if if Mahomes is going to go overlooked this week, I think that's a mistake. Um, he's in play every week. He's matchup proof, and especially here, I, I just think the matchup is not not as tough as as people are going to make it out to be. So, I just wanted to point that out, that quick nugget on him. Um, there's no no really need to dive much
1: further into Mahomes though. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like every time he's on the main slate, Maddie, he does go kind of overlooked. It's just like people are looking at him. They're looking at Hill. They're looking at Kelsey. I, I mean, that's the thing, right? When people yeah. get into stacks, I feel like the mentality is, OK, what stacks can I do that are affordable? Because people want to play the entire slate as a whole instead of taking in game environments like you like you talk about, Maddie, where you're stacking up that game environment, like the Minnesota or Tampa Bay game. Like people have a hard time on a big game on a main slate like this to say, okay, give me five or six players from one game. Even though we see yep. that all the time, pay out dividends. When you look at the Milli team and you're like, okay, how many guys did this person have from one game? Four guys, five guys, six guys. Sometimes um, if the game goes ballistic instead of trying to get one offs in, in, all these different spots. So um, yeah, I mean, like it's always you know if you're multi-entering, you always got to have Mahomes in your player pool because of the upside that this that this guy brings. And I actually do like um, paying up for for Kelsey this week too, with uh, Hill having missed practice and everything. We can talk about that at the tight end and wide receiver position, respectively. Um, Let's see. Are there any other things to talk about here? I know uh, I saw in the chat that there was some discussion about Jalen hurts this week at 5,100. He's replacing Carson Wentz um, at home, but going against the new Orleans saints, it just really doesn't do much for me. I just don't know. Kind of, he's not dynamic enough or that we know of yet. I mean, maybe he is, but I just don't see the dynamic ability like a Taysom Hill where you're saying, okay, if he doesn't throw for passing, is he going to get me, you know, 70, 80 yards on the ground and like be the red zone guy um, to to run it in. Um, And then with the wide receivers, I mean, I saw Greg Ward, Kind of seeing some upticks once he uh, came into the game and got named to starter, and it's these guys just aren't sexy enough for me to play with Alshon Jeffrey still going to run out there. Hard to trust Rager. Zach Ertz is back. Uh, maybe you could trust Goddard, but I, I just don't know what the build is that gets you there to playing Hertz on the team. Do you guys have any interest in playing Hertz this week? I mean, in
2: terms of being dynamic at the position, I mean, he certainly is that. I mean, at it, his, it I mean, his senior year in college, he threw for almost four thousand yards, thirty-two touchdowns, but he also ran for t- thirteen hundred yards oh, sure. rushing. Yeah. Like the dude is certainly dynamic enough on, to, to pick up yards on the ground. And the question is, though, for for him, and but at fifty-one hundred, like, what exactly are you expecting him to do? Um, and you know, if he can pick up a lot of yards on the ground. You know, and as I talked about, you know, you look like at Taysom Hill when he was 4,800, you know, he won somebody the Millie Maker. And while that's true, I don't think they have the same type of weapons necessarily, though, that the Saints have. And that was also against the Falcons where this is a completely different matchup. But, like, I don't hate Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts, like, there's a lot of people that that uh, um, that think Jalen Hurts can end up being, like, an elite-level quarterback, Um like a lot of his traits and everything transition to that. But in his first real start, you know, we saw the spark, but that, that happens quite a bit. Whenever you see kind of a backup come in and all of a sudden you get a spark off the bench because it's kind of a change in scenery. But I don't know if this is the spot that I would want to do it because the Saints defense has just been so damn good. I don't think it's a slate for it either. Right. Like there's just so many other options. Yeah. Right. But would it surprise me if Jalen Hurts comes out and throws for 260 and rushes for, I don't know, 50, 60 yards? No. You know, uh, you know, maybe this offense could finally get going, but I don't trust it because Doug Peterson's a fucking idiot and just a terrible head coach. The shit he comes out and says like this week, like you know, we, we got to try to get Miles Sanders going. You think you fucking idiot? Like the last <laughs> couple of weeks when he had great matchups, you know, uh, against you know bad run defenses, and you decided not to re- use them, utilize them at all, and at all, I don't know. Let's put in Jordan get, fucking yeah, Howard. I was gonna say so was let's give right.
3: Jordan Howard snaps.
2: Yeah, and running uh, routes and everything else. Like, like he's a fucking idiot. Like oh, there, sure. him and Matt Nagy are. Both both products of Andy Reed and only reason they're in the, they're even head coaches is because of Andy Reed and they're both been exposed to be terrible fucking head coaches.
1: Yeah. Not, so, not great. Not great. I, yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, if you're looking you, at it,
2: would be better playing cash
1: at his price. N- honestly, no, because like he could go out there and, and get, you know, 15, 18 points. And that just might not be enough. You know, if, if the guys that we're talking about, like Tannehill, Herbert, Mahomes, Russell, if they put up, you know, 30 or, or more than, if all these guys are smashing, it, it won't be enough for you to kind of get there. I, I, I guess he, you know, he allowed you to get higher to at some of the other positions. Yeah, I was going to say, I just,
2: yeah, I mean, if you played like, and then you played Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones, for example, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, you know, you could stack them probably with Rager, Goddard, yeah. Or something uh, like I mean, that, y- you know. Whatever yeah, you want would, to do. I, I don't know. I'm just trying this. to think about it. I don't play cash at all. So, of course, like, I'm just trying to think of, of ways. Like, would it surprise me if, if Jalen Hurts won somebody a million maker? No, because uh, uh, there's all kinds of quarterbacks that are bad that, that have won people a uh, million dollars. <laughs> but I, I think you're right. Like, I think it's not overall. I just don't think he uh, –
1: yeah, I, I think he's a better tournament player Where you could say, you know, you take him at fifty one hundred. You take a guy like Greg Ward, who's thirty one hundred this week, and then run it back with Michael Thomas. I mean, if you're if you're building work hurts teams, you have to have Michael Thomas on the on the run back. Like he, it's just that that's the way that he puts up points. Is that somebody else is smashed you on the other side and would mm-hmm. say some? We know that that's most likely to be Michael Thomas. But uh, I, I would mostly run that turn- line in tournaments because that's just gonna carry carry no weight to it at all as far as ownership goes and you would you know build up those teams whereas in cash you know i really just try and lock in those surefire production points of you know how many guys can get me 25 and plug them in because you're able i mean we'll talk about it with the running back and wide receiver position like there's so many places where guys are mispriced that you you won't have to put in a 5100 quarterback to feel good about your team um And we, yeah, we can, we can go over uh, to running back right now and kind of talk about it, Kev. I know you kind of alluded to uh, not wanting to play an 87 Derrick Henry, 8,700 Derrick Henry here going against Jacksonville. I think, I'm not really sure. I haven't looked at ownership at all, but I think that it's, you know he'll definitely find himself in a favorable spot. You got Dalvin Cook on the road at 9400 going against Tampa Bay. You know, it seemed that we, you can't really target running backs against, but Dalvin Cook seeing 38 touches last week after Zimmer coming out and saying we need to monitor his workload is just hilariously laughable. Um so you know he's going to get touches. It's just hard to kind of pay for a price tag against what this defense has been, you know. I guess not offering to the position Um, he really has to, you know, get those touchdowns there for you to feel comfortable about paying that price tag. And then, you know, I think for me this week, it really comes down to as I was looking into this, you know, I, I really look at those home favorite running backs to try and, see where my builds are starting and just see where the slate's kind of taking me and all of these good running backs outside of Austin Eckler are you know on the road you got Dalvin Cook but in a tough matchup on the road Derrick Henry in a pretty decent matchup on the road Aaron Jones on the road Uh, James Robinson who's questionable you got him at home against Tennessee so maybe you could trust him but um, and Eckler at home too but some of these like I was looking at Elliott before he popped up uh, on this with this calf injury from the Tuesday game, and he's sixty six hundred going against Cincinnati on the road. Um, And then you get down to, you know, David Montgomery. I think he'll be popular again, 6,500 going against Houston. You know, Ronald Jones, maybe people can talk themselves into him at 6,100 in that same game. If uh, you you like that game to kind of put up numbers there, you got Jonathan Taylor going against the Raiders and he's on the road at 5,800. So that's really interesting that we see a lot of these, you know, running backs that I would usually target uh, on the road in in favorable matchups. Uh, I guess if, if we're talking about at the top, I do like Aaron Jones going against Detroit at seventy-six hundred. Uh, this Green Bay offense is just putting up points at well. And I know that it, you know, people really think about Okay, so Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, especially against this Detroit secondary. And I I don't doubt that Adams will definitely get his. But when we're talking about red zone role and kind of upside that that Jones can offer you at 7,600, um, I kind of like him for tournaments there. Uh, you're hoping that the, the target share can kind of creep up there. He's always around somewhere between, you know, 15 and 18 uh, carries on the ground. But he just gets utilized in the red zone he gets high volume touches I always like trying to get exposure to him uh when I can't pay up the nine thousand dollar price tag for uh for uh Devontae Adams and Austin Eckler I think just because of his his target share has been great I mean Atlanta against pass catching backs that was a thing last year it's kind of slowly becoming a thing this year too because they have been good against the ground um, so to speak, and they're really like Matty you alluded to, giving up points against the pass and I'm just looking at twenty five targets from Austin Eckler the past two weeks this is absolutely ridiculous workload share he's on the field uh, regardless if they're getting blown out by 45 against the Patriots or if they're in close games so definitely like him in that Atlanta game as a one-off I think Montgomery is is definitely okay to to go back to just because of the matchup there against Houston everybody's eight and then yeah Maddie I'll, I'll, I'll start with you as you talked about these these this 5k range and the tier that this kind of jumps off at the page, and I think a lot of people will look at this and at least try and get one of these guys, if not build teams, that have two of them, where we're talking about Miles Gaskin, Jonathan Taylor, um, Wayne Gallman, I think people will talk themselves into. If if Zeke misses, Tony Pollard at 5,300 becomes in play. Uh, Melvin Gordon is at 5,200 here. Kev, I know you you talked about him in our chat and like him a lot. So, Maddie, talk to me about what your process is kind of saying to you as you get into builds this week here.
3: Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, with most of it, it's—I don't know that I'm going to end up paying up above Aaron Jones at his seventy-six hundred dollar price tag. Um, it's going to be really tough for me to get to Derrick Henry, considering he doesn't catch passes. And the thing—I know, I know—I uh, think it was Kev mentioned playing Tannehill. Um, the thing with Tennessee is they are really just touchdown roulette. Base is basically how you get the ceiling right. So, you look at Tannehill last year. Um, he was putting up thirty-point games, DraftKings points games on very limited volume. Like he was throwing thirty times a game. It was putting up you know two hundred and sixty passing yards, but he was throwing on, in those games he would throw four touchdowns. Uh, and then the big Derrick Henry games, like yeah, he can run for a buck sixty, but uh, he's really got to score the three touchdowns to really burn me. Um, for you know. An eighty-seven hundred dollar price tag, so it's just kind of touchdown variance, touchdown roulette there. Um, and, and I think you know you can take a chance on fading Henry with that. Uh, obviously, it can always burn you. But um, I mean, Aaron Jones, he's going to be very popular. Seventy-six hundred against Detroit. Uh, and I will say, not this week, but whenever we get uh, green or purple grapes, definitely green. <laughs> Anything green, give me the sour. Give me the sour taste.
1: Oh my God, love um,
3: it. Uh, I will say Kamara, he's not in play this week uh, with Taysom at quarterback. But once we get Drew Brees back, if he's still underpriced, just make sure you play him when Drew Brees comes back. That's just what I just wanted to touch on him there. Um, Eckler, I already mentioned him in a game stack, but you can definitely play him uh, against Atlanta. You know, they give up a ton of points to pass catching running backs. Um, And then I like like Swift. I'm sure Kev will talk about him uh, coming back off injury. And then, yeah, the 5K tier. So you've got – there's like four or five guys right in a row. So Jonathan Taylor, 5,800 against the Raiders, who just gave up over 100 yards to Ty Johnson and the Jets. Uh-huh. Like there's no excuse that Indy can't just run all over the, those this Raiders team. The issue with Indy is, you know – how much Wilkins gets involved, how much Naheem Hines gets involved. So he's definitely more of a tournament play. There is risk there, but Taylor's upside is massive in this matchup. Uh, Gaskin, 5,600 against Kansas City. We know he's got one of the safer workloads on the slate, and he's priced way down low. If he had scored any of the rushes, you know, last week where he got to the one-yard line, like, it was at least five times. I mean, we'd be looking at over a 20-point DK game, um, you know, and he's put up. 14 to 20 points all every almost every game this year it's like 5600 is too cheap for him and I don't even think we've seen his ceiling yet um this is a game uh that they should be trailing Kansas City for most of it and Gaskin has shown a very high upside in in the past games uh role so uh, I really like him and then uh Kenyon Drake man ever since Kyler Murray has come up with that mm-hmm. shoulder injury they're not running Kyler at the goal line and I Kenyon Drake over the last like three or four weeks, uh, he's got 21 red zone carries compared to Kyler Murray's two. And that if that doesn't tell you Kyler's hurt, I don't know what other red flags you need to see. But uh, not only that, but I mean, I can't remember who tweeted it out this week, but somebody tweeted DeAndre Hopkins route tree, and he's running like five to 10 yard routes and not running anything deep. And so that's another sign that tells me, you know, Murray is not trying to work the ball downfield. He's trying to avoid getting hit. Um, and, and that's, another reason you've seen Kenyon Drake's target share uh, increase over the last couple games. So um, the, the giants, they are not a defense that, you know, they have been a good defense, but they're not a defense that's really been able to stop the run Uh, over the last month. They ranked dead last in explosive run rate allowed. Uh, Kenyon Drake is finally looking healthy. Uh, We talked about him all year, you know, the first few weeks of the year, how bad he looked with that coming off that foot injury out of camp. Uh, And I think he's finally starting to shake that injury Uh, and he's starting to look like a, a, you know, first or second round fantasy football running back that we drafted him for. So uh, I really like him at 5,500. Tony Pollard, if we get him, if Zeke misses, uh, he's definitely in play. Um, It sounds like Jacobs could miss again this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if he's out, you know, we go back to the Booker well against Indy. I mean, it's not really a great matchup, but, the workload is going to be there. And, you know, if he falls into a couple touchdowns, touchdowns, great. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I know Kev's going to talk about him. The matchup doesn't get any better against Carolina. So yeah. And and, not, right. and then you round out that tier with, with Gio Bernard at home against Dallas. If you look at, if you just scroll through Dallas's game logs, I won't read them all to you, uh, but the Dallas rush defense has been the worst in the NFL this year. It's they give up over a hundred yards rushing every single game and, uh, Geo has no competition for touches there really so uh, 5k sign me up
1: yeah yeah it's, it's been tough because the the attempts haven't been there you you would like to see a larger workload there for them but it, you know if we get bad Andy I guess so to speak in this game could be a little bit slower pace maybe Bernard gets worked in a little bit more uh, Kev let's go to you and, and maybe you could start at the bottom as we're getting some Melvin Gordon questions in here I note that that's kind of one of the guys that you wanted to talk about this week, and then kind of tell me, or not tell me, tell us and the people kind of where your builds are taking you uh, from the beginning. And shout, shout out to Walido in the chat. I Just you know, as I was riffing and Maddie's been riffing over all these plays. I mean, we we both touched on Austin Eckler here, Walido. So yeah, there's there's definitely love there, and you could get the trifecta if, if Kev's on that same build too. So uh, Kev, take it away, man. How you feeling this week?
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot to like with Melvin Gordon this week. With, uh, I mean, I, I think that you look at him last week again against Kansas City, where he had 15 for 131, did not find the end zone, but. I don't know why they've kind of uh, not utilized him as much as a pass catcher. He is uh, a very capable pass catcher. But Melvin Gordon at 5,200 is certainly uh, a place you can go, especially against Carolina, a defense that can be had on the ground, especially that I think this is a team that's a play that you could go to. Because I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come in and want to play Jonathan Taylor. And then are going to want to play some of these other guys. Um, Wayne Gallman. Uh, at 5700 or uh miles gaskett which i think miles gasket's gonna end up being a trap like I, I get it that the chiefs defense or the chiefs the chiefs have been bad against the run and that is certainly a thing but the question for me is if the chief punch him in the mouth and they get up 21 nothing are they going to continue to continue to utilize him? and I, I don't know if that, that that's really the case and I, I think that he's kind of a trap in my opinion because this feels like a game that the chiefs could blow the doors off the dolphins and and, and if that happens i mean he's gonna I get a, he's gonna get a ton really of risk. targets
3: then though i mean you look at his target log: six, four, five, four, five seven four like, so
2: but but if he, let, let's say let, let's say he does let's say let's say he gets let's say he gets eight targets and let's say he goes five for 40 not bad i guess that is price but if he doesn't find the end zone like i'm just saying like i depending on where he comes in in terms of ownership because i've seen a lot of people in love with miles gaskin this week especially because of what they would do i just think if, if he's going to be highly owned that i probably would back up, that i wouldn't want any part of it because there's multiple running backs in this mm-hmm. range that i think that you could play that oh, for sure that that are that are just maybe a little bit better option. That's all I'm saying. Like I I get it. I get the play, but will I have any Miles Gaskin? Probably not. Jonathan Taylor. You guys already touched on it. The best one of the best spots of, of of any running back this weekend against the the Raiders. The Raiders are fucking horrific against the run. They just let Ty Johnson run for 100 yards against them. Like this 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 run defense is truly, uh, truly terrible. Uh, for, for the uh, and yeah, not to mention the fact that that Philip Rivers is also dealing with what I believe is a pretty severe case of turf toe. So trying to limit him a little bit and you know utilizing him and just turning around and hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor. The only thing that scares me with him is just fucking Frank Reich. Like is Frank Reich going to do something stupid <laughs> right. and 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 let Jordan Wilkins get some extra run or something like that? But other than that, um, you know, I I I think that you know Jonathan Taylor is an elite play. Now again, I think he's probably going to be really, really highly owned. You know, tr- trying to figure out a way to, to get a, a little bit different, I think is another way you could go. Um, now, uh, past that, I-, I think Ezekiel Elliott. I haven't heard it really. I don't know if you either. Of you two uh, touched a whole lot on Ezekiel Elliott. But six thousand six hundred as Ezekiel Elliott against Cincinnati. I'm here yeah. for it if he plays. I, yeah, he I think. He's, what, I- I think what, yeah, he, I, mean,
1: I saw. I saw that they were the one of the beats was reporting that he talked to them and just said that it would slow him down, but. He fully expects to be out there and be fine. So, um, but something to monitor definitely as he's been limited this week.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's for me, it's more as price, like at 6,600. I mean, he's normally an eight K running back. Right. And I, I get it. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been nearly as good this year. He didn't look bad against Baltimore th- this past week. Um, you know he didn't find the end zone, but 18 for 77. He had four, uh, six was targeted six times, which was encouraging, um as well because his targets had kind of dwindled down a little bit. That was also because they're were, they were trailing, but this is just a great matchup against Cincinnati and 6600. I feel like that again, nobody's gonna want to play him because he's been awful. He had he hasn't really shown much of a ceiling in, in, in quite some time. He had 22.4 against Minnesota, but past that, you have to go all the way back to like week four, week five, back when Dak was there whenever they actually were able to want, want to utilize them. So I will have some interest in, and I will play some Derek or Derek Henry, some Ezekiel Elliott at his price tag, just because I just think again, this again, Cincinnati, I, it's just, a, it's just a smash spot for him. And uh, so I'm going to go there. Aaron Jones, Aaron, motherfucking Jones, Aaron motherfucking Jones, 7,600. If I'm paying up at running back, if that's where it starts, It's Mm -hmm. like I I can't play Derrick Henry at 8,700. I'm not playing Mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook at 9,400. No fucking way. Uh, It has to be an elite fucking spot to play uh, Dalvin Cook at when when he is 94, $9,600. Dalvin Cook in his career has only has three games over 30 fantasy points.
1: Three.
2: It is such a rare occurrence for him to say, like, he is so, like,
1: so for me, two of them have been this year, right?
2: Yeah, two two of them more this year. One was the forty five point game, and then yeah, uh, then I think he had like a thirty point game.
1: But oh, all of them were the, well, all all three three. Well, from I guess DraftKings, well. yeah, yeah, Draft, yeah,
2: I did, yeah with a three point, yeah. But um, he's just somebody that that, especially in this matchup, he's banged up. Like there's just so many red flags here. I'll have zero, and if, and if Derek Henry burns, burns me for four touchdowns, then I'll I'll go down with it. But just eighty seven hundred dollars is just too expensive, especially for the the, the plays that I'd rather get to. And then James Robinson, seventy five hundred. Tennessee terrible run defense. You can lock him in for twenty touches. Absolutely lock him in. Like it's crazy that like it was either last week or the week before was the was the first time another running back touched the ball since week eight. That is, is like you cannot right. get that from any other running back. There is no concern about a running back taking his touches, taking his goal line carries, taking his targets. Nothing like he is the man in this backfield, and even at seventy five hundred against Tennessee, who is an absolutely terrible, terrible uh, defense, mm-hmm. is it, it, it's just insane, right? And and so at seventy five,
1: right. No, he's, he's, I mean, he's the, he's the cash running back, right? Like if you're building cash teams, you, you start with James Robinson just because of the production and, and what he offers with you and, and just game script, right? Like, this dude will be out there in blowouts. He'll be out there in neutral scripts. He'll be out there when they're winning. Uh, so yeah, J- James Robinson is always in play. And even this week, as we get, you know, some of these guys that are around him, he could go under the radar, especially dealing with this questionable tag, but it sounds like he's, he should be fine and was going to play. So yeah, he's, he's definitely always, always in in play. I I agree. Well, he, he does kind of, kind of blah when it comes to tournaments because, um, he kind of, you know, sits around the just getting over double digit points, but you're looking at, you know, solid matchups. And if Tennessee is able to put, you know, keep this game pace up, if I guess not Tennessee, but Glennon, if we can get Glennon to kind of get the ball moving here and to keep pace on the other side with Tennessee, then he'll definitely be able to get his James Robinson. That is um, I, I wanted to touch on before we move on to wide receiver uh, that, You know, what are we doing with Mike Davis here? He's priced up at 6,200, and this has been DraftKings MO all year, is pricing up the backup running back because of all the situations that are happening with COVID and things of that nature. So we're not getting, you know, the misprice of Mike Mike Davis again as we did when he was against Tampa Bay at 4K, but 6,200 here, you know, going or 6,400, excuse me, on DraftKings without Christian McCaffrey. Um, they could, you know, could be without D.J. Moore, could be without Curtis Samuel in this matchup uh, if they don't get activated off the COVID list. How, how do we feel about that?
3: I'm not playing Mike Davis this week. I think so. We kind of talked about this earlier today. I think, you know, what what my assessment of, of the Carolina situation will be um, if those if Samuel and D.J. Moore are out is you're going to get a half powered Carolina offense, you know, that hasn't really been great anyways. I mean, they've been kind of, they've been good through Robbie Anderson and, and DJ Moore has shown some upside here and there. Uh, and obviously CMC has been great uh, when he's played, but I mean, outside of those guys really having good one-off games, like that offense as a whole has not been, you know, that great this year anyways. And so if, if they're going to miss two of their best weapons, uh, I think that offense just becomes a full fade for me. And I think you start, you see a lot of Carolina punts, even though Denver is missing a ton of starters on defense. Uh, Denver's, I mean, Denver's kind of played pretty solid regardless of of how their defensive personnel has been. So that game's just kind of gross for me. I think I'd rather go, you know, to like a DeAndre Swift at the same price, assuming he's in, uh, find the 600 more for Eckler. Uh, I think, yeah. you know, I'm going to make a really like really hard effort to get, get to Eckler. I mean, what do you have 16 targets two weeks ago and nine targets last week and the nine targets last week he was still playing when they were down by 45 so it's like they're gonna run this dude like he he's basically told them i want to be out there to for my fantasy football teams you know so like eckler eckler's a baller man so i I really like him this week um and it's just it's gonna be hard to justify paying 6400 for davis when i can just pay 600 more for eckler um but to kind of kind of go off your what do you think about this guy what are you guys doing with J.D. McKissick, assuming Gibson is out, considering he's doubtful now? He's 4,900. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gibson had taken over that lead dog role for a couple weeks when Washington had played in front uh, during those games. And then last week, Gibson goes down. McKissick starts to get some run, uh, and he saw 10 targets. And he was he was also getting some rush attempts, too. So I think he's really interesting, and, and I think people are going to completely overlook him because they see the matchup with San Fran. But, I mean, five rushes and ten targets last week against Pittsburgh, I mean, that's a, that's a tougher matchup, right? And he scored 18 DraftKings points. So, um, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on, on what you're going to do there. Because I would assume, you know, they're not just going to run Peyton Barber 25 times, right?
1: No. I I mean, at, at least we don't think so. I mean, even, I even like even when <laughs> Gibson was out there getting run, I mean, McKissick still had a role. I, I mean, right. not only the 10 targets, Matty, but 10, 10 catches as well last week. So, I mean, the, the DraftKings floor for this guy is is always pretty pretty stellar and in play. Uh, I think I'll just let, let my builds kind of talk to me with it. You know, I definitely uh, would, one, either want to have a, a really big shootout that I feel good about, like the Tampa Bay-Minnesota game. If I'm like you, you talked about building around that, so I think getting a guy like McKissick in there to kind of go go along with that stack, or just have you know these guys that are really high priced in, in spots that I feel like if I'm looking for that last spot there to kind of plug in, I'm looking at 40, 4,900 McKissick. I can kind of feel feel good about that. But um, for, or for me, GM? it would probably be McKissick. You can't say just just because of, of the offense. I mean, Alex Smith is at least keeping them respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh right now, and I don't even is Brandon Allen. I, I thought he was on the injury report too. I saw and maybe he's off of it now. No, I don't, don't know, know. I, be, but <laughs> I know he, I mean I, yeah, him. that's the thing. It they don't have him listed here. Uh it was chess, but he practiced full on Wednesday. So um he, he's good. But it's just like uh, yeah, that offense is and that game is just like you know uh, just not sexy enough for me to try yeah, and it really it for that game um we could talk about i guess michael gallup at wide receiver at his cheap price tag but uh but yeah um it just depends on my builds, i guess for me for mckissick to, okay. to get there because i i think for me what i really want to try and do is to get in the mid-range of running backs where i'm paying you know for two 7k guys or a 7k guy and a 6k guy, because I think people will try and get that 5k range and and jam that in. And so I'm looking for ways to just lock in my production with these 7k guys that I I know that I can trust to, to get in the 20 point range or, you know, feel really confident in betting on the probability of them hitting in the 20 point range and getting them at lower ownership than what people will do at the 5k range. And even cheap in the 6k range too and paying up for the henry's and the cooks and things of that nature kev you got anything else that running back before we move on
2: no i'm just telling this guy in the chat why he's a fucking
1: idiot <laughs> 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 oh God, chat is lit. Chat is lit. Chat is lit tonight. Chat's on. Rocking with us, rocking with us. Week 14, main slate breakdown as we get into it, hitting that, hitting that hour mark there. If you guys are, are listening to us or if you skipped ahead and you just wanted to kind of get into the positional breakdowns, uh, can't, you know, su- subscribe to the channel, YouTube channel here, the fantasy authority, uh, for that Allen Robinson signed jersey that we're going to be giving away on December 27th. You definitely want in on that. So we appreciate everybody who's subscribing and, and rocking with us let's move on to wide receiver boys we've got wide receiver tied in and and defense to break down here and so as we alluded to tight or wide receiver at the top you got the usual suspects right Devontae Adams he's just absolutely it's it's crazy what this dude is doing like pretty much going to break all the Packers receiving records uh, for this season in only 14 games and so if he had played 16 games, there's only, you know, no telling what he was what he was gonna do with that. It's uh, you know, over that thousand yard plateau already, uh thirteen receiving touchdowns just been absolutely incredible. And and another guy that's been incredible is Tyree Kill. Again, over the thousand yard mark, uh 74 catches on the year, 13 touchdowns, uh matching Devontae Adams there. And he he's uh, at least according to DraftKings, because probably he uh you know was at practice and they they said that he practiced in full today. Um, with the picture that was going around of him showing up there. But uh, he's 8,500. So these guys are, you know, o- always hard to pass up on. But, you know, high price, um Tyreek Hill going against Miami. Devontae Adams going against Detroit. That's great. And then we got DK Metcalf at 8,400 going against the Jets. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to kind of see how, how builds get done because I think those guys will definitely carry some popularity. Guy that's going to go under the radar, I feel like, is Keenan Allen. This team just got blown out by... 45 against the Patriots who just got steamrolled by the Rams. Um he's 7700 and really hasn't, you know, been able to do much, but this uh this secondary again for Atlanta is just not good outside of this rookie AJ Terrell and even then he's been got. But guys like uh Denard and Isaiah Oliver and Whoever else they're running out there, it's just not been not been good for them. And Keenan Allen always in play with, with Justin Herbert there. Um, still, you know, seeing the target share uh, just hasn't been able to kind of put it all together at those 8K price tags. You're, so getting a little discount on them at 7,700 like him. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Tyler Lockett, Michael Thomas and Adam Thielen kind of round out uh, your uh, wide receivers that are 7K and above. Uh, we will definitely like to get some exposure to Tyler Lockett, definitely want to get some exposure to A.J. Brown going against Jacksonville with their secondary depleted. And then Justin Jefferson, this dude has been absolutely amazing right now, 25 targets in the past two games, um, 26 and 30 DK points respectively in those past two games, and just been, you know, just explosive as a rookie here. And the, the way we attack uh, Tampa Bay is is through the air. Um, uh, Carlton Davis, I don't think he'll he'll be seeing him and so he should be able to eat in this matchup here at 7,400. Uh, like getting to some Allen Robinson without Bradley Roby out there. This Houston secondary is not going to be able to stop anybody. It's going to be Vernon Hargraves and Phillip Gaines and Eric Murray. Uh, thank you. know. Thank you. Can I have another with Allen Robinson there? Uh, Robbie Anderson is interesting. I'm curious to see where his ownership lands because of these guys uh, on Carolina who are going to be out 6,200. They're going against Denver. Game's not sexy, but he could end up being the guy. Corey Davis, how, how is this dude still priced under 6k? It is absolutely unbelievable what DraftKings is doing. I mean, <laughs> this is the one mistake that I feel like they continuously keep making all year. He went for 19 DK points, got priced up from 4,800 to 4,900. Then he got 10 and then was priced up again to 5,100. And then he goes for 38 and only gets priced up 600. Like this, this dude should be well into the mid six K range with the upside. He's offering Maddie. You've been beating the drum all year for Corey Davis. I don't want to take any, any steam away from what you have to offer, but he's just been so explosive um, and what he's offering. And I don't see myself definitely for cash. You're not building a team without him at this price tag. And it's just going to be hard for me to not want to just plug him in and play him as he's just, arguably the most mispriced receiver I was doing this with Deontay Johnson for the Steelers as they kept keeping his price tag down and he was still you know seeing all the targets so definitely love him um scrolling down here as I'm thinking of other guys I mean yeah yeah I don't really like Kuti but I'll play him on my Deshaun Watson teams that I'll that I'll be sending to you guys as I as I build those uh scrolling down here I uh, I I thought about you know can I trust getting to some Tyler Boyd here if T T Higgins misses he's forty nine hundred it's just Brandon Allen hard to trust Uh, Denver guys I do have interest in and and the one is is Jerry Judy if he's going to see Dante Jackson um, you know you're kind of looking at it and last week against KC only those four targets only one catch the the game logs haven't really been there but we know that. Drew Lock kind of just has gaff mode, and in in the you're looking at four seven in this range here. And I know the game isn't really jump off of the page, but I I do think that Jerry Judy kind of has some upside with that. Tim Patrick is 4,200 too. I mean, that's kind of where I was just kind of going with it. I kind of do. I don't, I, I don't fall in the same line of you, Medi. I think if those guys are still missing, as long as Bridgewater's out there, maybe maybe we can get some points scored in this game. And again, you know, if Carolina is able to take, take control, Locke can. He he always is throwing. So whether that's throwing to the other team or throwing to his, I do have some interest in those guys. Dante Jackson's been a good matchup, um, and then. Uh, I will unfortunately be going back to the well once again with Valdez Gantling. Two deep passes that he saw last week didn't convert them, but he is getting the deep targets even with Alan Lazard back. And if those convert, we know what he can do. Love him on game stacks in that game. Uh Kev, talk to me or Michael Gallup too at thirty eight hundred. I was going to touch on him. Uh, cause I, I do uh, like him if I have to go cheap at wide receiver. Uh Matty, I'll go to you, man. How are you feeling about uh wide receiver position?
3: Uh yeah, so I I'm just going to, you know, kind of piggyback off what Kev was about to say is he was just going to stack up his wide receivers with his quarterback. So if you're playing, playing Mahomes, you're obviously going to pair him with Tyree Kill uh, okay. and Travis Kelsey because, you know, if Mahomes is smashing, it's a good, it's a good possibility that those guys are going with him. Uh, I mean, I guess you can throw in a Sammy Watkins, like if Mahomes throws five tutties, uh, you, yeah. you've got – I mean, Watkins is going to be on the field. So uh, I, I think he's interesting for tournaments. Uh, I don't really love him as much as I normally would on a Mahomes week because, you know, the outside corners are much right. better uh, for Miami uh, with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard at, than the slots. And we know, you know, Tyreek, uh, he runs in the slot, but they, they will mix Watkins in the slot uh, occasionally too. So um, I, I think that that he's very interesting. Uh, he's cheap too. So, yeah. Um, it's going to be hard for me to get away from the Bucks wide receivers. Uh, they're too cheap for an offense that's throwing the ball close to 70% of the time in one score games over the last month. Uh, I mean, Evans, we know he's banged up dealing with a hamstring issue. He's not even practicing. Uh, if he were to miss, obviously Godwin is, becomes the alpha him and him and Antonio Brown. I mean, why is, why is Antonio Brown $5,500? Like I know he <laughs> hasn't, I know he hasn't smashed yet, but this is, like, the, this is the same thing with Corey Davis. Like, the metrics are there. He's getting the workload other than the last game that he just played in. Um, in the first three games, he, he was seeing, like, 24% of the targets. And then he just had a down game last week. So, I think Antonio Brown is one of the best wide receiver plays, point per dollar on the slate. I planted my flag on Corey Davis last week, and I'm going to plant it again on on Antonio Brown this week. Uh, I mean, A.B. looks like A.B. out there. Like, He's explosive. It's just Tom Brady has not been hitting him um, with right. passes, mm-hmm. you know, accurate passes. So we'd be having a different conversation if, if two weeks ago, you know, that long pass to AB on prime time, which was like, ended cool. up like a foot foot past his outreached arms, you know, if he caught that and housed that for like a 60-yard tutty or whatever it was. So I like him a lot. And, you know, I, every single week, man, I'm going to keep pounding the Corey Davis drum until I'm blue in the face if you were to if you were to just p- compare, take away the names and compare AJ Brown to Corey Davis, they are literally the exact same player this year. Right. Brown has 72 targets, Davis has 70. Their air yard share, Brown has 34%, Davis has 34%. Target share as a whole, Brown has 24%, Davis has 23%. It's like these guys are an identical player, and you've got to pay 2K more for AJ Brown than you do Corey Davis. Like it, right, and they're playing Jacksonville. Like their matchups keep getting easier. Last week was the Browns, and I was like, This is one of the easier matchups they've got all year, and now they're playing Jacksonville. Like, 5,700 is way too cheap. Uh, Corey Davis and, and Antonio Brown, I'm gonna live in that five to six K range at wide receiver <clears throat> this week. Um, I don't think you really need to get cute, man. I, I think it's a week where there's gonna be some nuclear games. Sammy Watkins, 4,900 is, is probably. Among the cheapest that I'll go, Mike Williams at 4,700 against Atlanta. That's very interesting in a game stack there. Uh, I like that one a good amount. Just because Mike Williams, you know, any given week, he can go out and catch four passes for 110 yards and, and two touchdowns just because that's the nature of his game. So he's always got that high ceiling. Uh, and Give me a high ceiling at low, low ownership and a low price. So I do like him. I think that's about it for me in terms of value. I know Gallup might get some steam this week, especially after his big game, uh, which our boy Debro, I know he would have talked about Michael Gallup. He he sent me a, a laundry list of, of things that, yeah. that he liked uh, with Gallup in, in my message with him earlier today. Um, so he is on Gallup. I don't know if I'll end up there. I don't know if I need to end up there, like salary right. for me. Like there's just so many guys in this 5 to 7K range at multiple positions that I don't even know that I need, you know, to go swimming with the punts.
1: Yeah, man. And even, even then, like, as I, as we alluded to at the top, I mean, on a 13 game slate, how many, how many people are going to do that? Like we're talking about many, I mean, I, you know, I I have to, I have to uh, reel myself in because I come up with my, you know, I have my spreadsheet and I come up with my player pool and I, I feel like the guys that I build around and I have to go through and, and kind of, in my multi-entering the 20 max teams, I go ahead and say, okay, like I really want Tannehill teams. I really want, you know, exposure to some of my team, some of these guys. And I put those together with the guys that I would stack them with. And I kind of leave slots open to kind of plug and play some of these other guys that are kind of in the pool that won't work out. So to kind of hinder myself from taking too many Michael Gallops or whatever if I kind of get on mm-hmm. a guy like that or too many of these other one-off guys that we kind of talk about and kind of just see where it builds land me. But it, it really comes down to, I think – the, the game scripts and the games that you are attacking this week. I mean, you really want the lineups to tell a story and not just kind of have a ton of guys from all over the place. I mean, that's where I feel like a lot of us can get tripped up. I, I myself can get tripped up in that too, especially last week where I was kind of just, you know, I was able to break even, but I was still taking guys from scenarios instead of just coming up with game scripts and in games, just taking loading up on those. Cause that really is what I feel like pays off in the long run. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, so Maddie, some of these guys, like, you know, uh, like Jer- Jerry Judy, as I talked about, like, I wouldn't play him like outside of having a lock exposure team. I mm-hmm. mean, even Robbie Anderson, I'm not going to play him unless I can think, talk to myself about the lineup and where, you know, Denver's forcing Carolina to have to put up points, uh, you know, guys like, Outside of uh, Sammy Watkins, like if you want to play some McCall Hardman and and kind of want to bank on a touchdown, going to one of these other guys for Kansas City, you know, you want to make sure that you kind of talk yourself into a scenario there. Um, I will. I, I do want to talk about Mike Evans here for Tampa Bay in that game against Minnesota. I mean, sixty six hundred for him, and I know he's having having a rough year, and him and Tom Brady haven't been on the same page, especially in that in that KC game. It was just, you know, all over the place, but they've had some time kind of to recuperate and kind of get back into the fold here. And his, you know, 26% red zone target share that he's seeing, and I think he's third, the the share is like seventh or eighth, but the actual targets that he's seeing, I think it's 18 or whatever like that inside the 20 is third. And so this... How many times do we have to watch these Tampa Bay games? And when they get down there, I mean, Brady is just looking for Mike Evans every time. It's just like, okay, get the mismatch on him. And that's where we're going. And that's why Evans has been putting up these these logs of scoring one, two touchdowns in these games, because when they get into the red zone, it's like if they're throwing the ball, it's most likely going to Mike Evans. The same thing with Adam Thielen there in Minnesota. So if Mike Evans is out there and playing, I love getting to him. Um, in this in this game environment here at sixty six hundred, I think he'll he'll kind of go overlooked. And the more that he's you know on the injury report, I think that'll get people on Chris Godwin, who I think is in a, f- a fantastic spot himself too. And I would definitely love playing him if if Mike Evans was out. But with Mike Evans in, I I think I would probably lean him over over Godwin um, just because of that red zone role. Uh, let's if see. Evans what? is
3: in, you you definitely play Mike Evans. I mean, what was. Wasn't it the the yeah. Rams game where they went combined for a hundred points uh, or something ridiculous two years yeah. ago when Evans was listed as doubtful the whole week and then he played or one of them I can't remember which I think it was Evans I'm pretty sure it was Evans it was listed as what, doubtful the whole week it? and played and then went nuclear
1: Was it Rams or was it uh that Seattle game? It was that, one of those West Coast
3: coach. games that Tampa yeah. played.
1: I think it was the Seattle game that Hollister went off, and they went into overtime. They, they, yeah. they went nuts. Uh, but he, well, yeah. I mean, we've seen, he was we've seen this, the
3: whole game. Yeah, and we've seen the time, time and time
1: again. No ownership,
3: and it's like yeah. if if that dude's playing, Mike Evans. <laughs>
1: Right. And you're just looking at that game. I mean, that game is is just reeking, reeking of points. You it's know, gonna and be, are gonna... it's
3: going to be low owned. I'm telling you, people are are going to overlook <laughs> it because they want to play. Aaron. Good. they They want to play Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Uh, they want to stack LAC in Atlanta. That's going to be a popular one for good reason. Right. right. Uh, they want to play Patrick Mahomes. They want to play Russell Wilson against the Jets. I, I'm yes. telling you, man, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to win people a lot of money this week.
1: And, pe- and people aren't going to go want to go to because up. of the K- KC game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even 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 on the other side, I mean, I I still think there's merit to taking a mini stack there, where you take you know one of those receivers in Jefferson or Thielen, take one of the receivers for, for sure. Tampa Bay, maybe you take Gronk as we'll get into tight ends here um, as that position that's ugly. and just or it's yeah really or good. Irv or, right exactly which is and a good kind theory. of yeah kind of talk about a mini stack there. Yeah, I just want to make sure that I didn't know if we missed on anybody here that would be interesting oh so this colin johnson kid i did want to talk about him before we move on he's 3600 and i know we were just talking about plays that kind of feel thin and you know maybe they're not going to get you to that 20 point threshold that you kind of want to be taking on GPGs. because let's be honest maddie like a week like this week i tournament winning teams would not shock me seeing 240 250 um, well, you know, w- winning uh, first place in tournaments because there's just so many plays, players in good spots, and so many ways to build that. I think they could definitely get there. But you're looking at these games here, and you know, six targets last week, eight targets last the week before that, with uh, with uh, Mike Glennon being there and double-digit DK points in both of those games. I don't, I don't know, man. I think it's it's kind of crazy.
3: So I will say, over the last four weeks. In one-score games, Jacksonville has thrown the ball 60% of the time, uh, which ranks about – I'm not going to count it all the way down the list, but it looks like it's like in the 12th-ish range. God, you're going to make me play Colin Johnson this week, aren't you? What's his, <laughs> I mean, let me pull up his uh, his target share of the last two weeks because it looks like that's when he's really taken on a on a bigger role. Who Hasn't somebody been hurt, though, for
1: them? Well, Conley's so been out. Con- Conley's been out, but Sharks has been back uh visca's been back back and visca was back last week too so i mean you know and and so as i say this maddie just to say you know as i was getting to my ryan Tannehill builds this week and kind of figuring out what i can do and i do want somebody on jacksonville to run it back with and i think most people will do Robinson if they do anything. Maybe they don't do a run back at all because it is Jacksonville. Or maybe they just take Robinson and hope to get the running back uh, points there. But you're looking at a Colin Johnson at 3,600, and then, okay, I have my run back, and then I can think about other spots of where to go to. Um, he's 3,600.
3: I, I actually like it. Over the last two weeks, he's seen, obviously, the 14 targets, but it's been 33% of the air yards and 20% of the target share. If you look right. at charts. Over the same two weeks, 38% of the air yards, 17% of the target share. And so, like, it, their offense kind of has been a little bit spread out. But, I mean, right. you're not paying a premium for this guy and you're getting – I mean, it really has been a backup connection, right, between Glennon right. and Johnson. Like, those guys, he practices with him on the practice field every single day of the year. So, yeah, that's his guy. He It seems like he trusts him. Um
1: yeah. And I, I couldn't do it outside of the Tennessee stacks there um, at all. But, I, you know, I just think it's just yeah. such an easy way because people will we were talking about this with Derek and Chad. And, it, you know, he alluded to Chark and I was kind of building around with Chark, too. And I was just like, damn, you know, I don't really want to spend the fifty three hundred on Chark here just to make it a run back. Who else is here? And I'm looking at, you know, I started looking at Keelan Cole as we, we talked about that boy so many times. And he's paid off dividends. But I'm looking at Colin Johnson and then I'm just like, wow, you know, thirty six hundred it really allows for me to kind of do a lot else on these builds that I'm creating. So uh, I I just wanted to touch base on him because I thought that was interesting.
3: Uh, Yeah, Uh, no, you, I mean, he's definitely interesting. And I honestly hadn't even really looked at him just because I'm like Colin Johnson, I'm not playing him. Right. But I mean, the underlying numbers, I mean, it makes sense uh, from, it seems like more of a high floor play uh, in the matchup. I just don't know. I mean, I guess, he has kind of flashed ninety ninety something yard upside, but that was the game Chark missed, I think. Um okay. so yeah, I, don't know what his, I don't know what his ceiling is with with all their receivers back healthy, but I think I agree. If you're gonna stack that game up on the Tennessee side, Johnson would be my run back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, and it, it it's it's then, and it might not even get there, but uh, you know, twenty max. If I build multiple Tannehill teams, I'll definitely be sure that one of them has a Colin Johnson uh, play on there, just in case it hits. uh Let's let's talk about tight end as, as we get here, and you know, again, just tight end has been ugly all year long, and I mean, even even more so. You talk about last week when people wanted to go cheap, and I, I came around to the Anthony Fergster thing just on builds and the way that I was coming off, and it looked ugly there for a minute he was able to get to 10 uh, dk points so you know you play him at 2500 and he got there even if you didn't have waller um, if you built around some of these other guys, if you had Corey Davis, um, you were still doing all right in, in some things. So actually you had Corey Davis and Ferks in cash. And so that was that was pretty nice there um to to have that hit. But uh, you know, we got Kelsey at the top. I mean, Kelsey in play every, every time that this dude's on the field. Even even more so, I feel like Matty, as you're talking about the outside corners from what Miami's been limiting production to okay so then let's just plug in Kelsey here who is 7400 and you know I think I'm, I'm not sure how this goes Maddie, because people who didn't pay up for tight end last week and Waller ended up being the play who goes for 40 are people gonna look at it now and just say you know what I have to find a way to get Kelsey in because if he goes for 40 and I don't have him I'm gonna be disappointed and so that kind of that makes me upset <laughs> that Waller hit because on a week like that, like this, I would normally have a ton of Kelsey in that regard. But if he's going to, you know, catch ownership and be popular as a one-off, that could be down. But twelve targets, eight targets, ten targets, uh, twelve targets. I mean, the the share has been absolutely incredible. What he's been doing at the position, I mean, leaps and bounds. The Titan one um, on the season, it's just been awesome. Derek, Darren Waller will, will you know, garner some ownership. I feel like for people that missed out at six thousand eight hundred, but. It's the, one of the roughest much matchups, uh, you know, that he could have going against Indy. I mean, the one thing we're, we've talked about Indy being frauds here, but the one thing they've been damn new sure to do is to limit tight end production, mm-hmm. and so it's going to be tough for Darren Waller this week. We got Hawkinson at 5K against Green Bay, Gronk at 48. Gasecki, 45, uh, Henry here, Ingram, Tanyan, Fant, and Goddard are your 4K and above tight ends. I see chat kind of talking about Jonu Smith there as we're talking about the KC, or KC, as we're talking about the Tennessee-Jacksonville game. He's back now. He's thirty nine hundred. What's his ownership going to be? Is he going to go under the radar? He could definitely be interesting, as we saw him have a pretty, you know, decent role before he was getting before he got hurt there against Baltimore and Indy. Two tough matchups, but still twelve and nine DK points. And we know what his upside is. That game against Buffalo, the same game against Jacksonville in Week Two, he went for four and eighty four. And, and two touchdowns. So uh he definitely will have a role. That's a nice little stack pairing uh there with him. Um I'm not sure, you know, how you guys are feeling about the cheap guys, but I, I do like Jordan Aikens at 2,900 against Chicago. I, I just think that this matchup is, is just jumping off the page of what they've been allowing production to tight ends. And especially with Will Fuller not being out there, tough matchup for Brandon Cooks. Um I could definitely see Jordan Aikens getting run here in this game. And then, Uh, another guy I think that will kind of go under the radar too is, is Logan Thomas and Logan Thomas, you know, has really, uh, he had that big game last week, just missed the 100 yard bonus against Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh, you know, pretty styled. And now he's going against San Fran. And if Alex Smith, you know, I think it really comes down to how, how limited is Terry McLaurin going to be because Pittsburgh pretty much erased Terry McLaurin. And then, you know, that left Logan Thomas just wide open and, and Alex was able to find him. So if San Francisco tries to do the same thing and bracket, uh, Bracket McLaurin and kind of uh, hold on to him, then I could see Logan Thomas getting there, and he's definitely had some, you know, high target share of games um, of late. Thirty three hundred there, it seems nice. Like. So yeah, I mean, it's really you know pay up. If I pay up, I'm gonna go Kelsey, and then I'll probably talk myself into some Henry on on Herberts next that I get to, um, and pretty much I'll be looking at Janu and Aikens at cheap. Uh, to play for me at tight end, uh, Kev. I see. I see you're back here with us. I didn't know if you wanted to pick up for tight ends or uh, if you had any thoughts on where the tight end slate was kind of taking you this week.
2: I mean, I think there's a couple. Like I already talked about, Cole Komet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, I, li- I like him quite a bit. He, like I said, he is out targeted, out snapped. Jimmy Graham over the last few weeks and I think if you're running Trubisky or you're looking to pay down at the position I think that is uh is a place you could definitely go to as a a cheap uh tight end I don't know why Logan Thomas is so cheap at 3,300 if you look just even over the last four weeks he is number one on this slate in routes run um I I don't really understand it I know he's coming off a big game but uh 3,300 uh that just seems a little cheap and I really don't like it just threw me off when I saw Dan Arnold at 3,600. I know he had the big game last week, which is sad that we weren't on Dan Arnold break up. But past that, you know, I think the other guy's a Hunter Henry. I think makes a hell of a lot of sense at 4,400 to go there. He is somebody else that has, if you look at him over the last four weeks, he is uh, third and routes run. Um, you know, he's he is only capturing a 16% target share uh, over, those four, over those four games. But uh, regardless it's tight end, like against Atlanta, and again, that we want to target, you know, if you whether you want to run – you know, if you want to get a little bit different and maybe if you you're you're not running, you know, whether it's Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler, I think you could, you know, pair him and that in that game stack, you know, at tight end at his price tag. Guys like TJ Hawkinson. Uh, especially again now without it looks like Kenny Galladay is going to miss another game. Which at this fucking right. point, I don't know why they don't just put him on IR. Like 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 what are we doing? Like we've they've wasted and burnt like a roster spot every single week, just leaving them there and never actually doing anything with it. So so you know I, th- I think with that you know uh, other than that you know Travis Kelsey you know Darren Waller obviously are always in play, and then Mike Kosicki uh, gets Kansas City as well at forty five hundred. Um, he's becoming more involved in this offense uh, as of late as well. And he is seventh in routes run over the last four weeks. It has a 21% target share in this offense. So especially without a guy like Preston Williams, he's definitely involved inside the red zone as well. Goal line target. So uh, I do think he's in play as well. And if, you know, if you want to, instead of, you know, if you're, you're running a KC sack and you don't want to run like Devonte Parker or something like that, I think, you know, going Mike Kosicki is something you could do, especially mainly in, in ones that you, obviously you're not playing Travis, <laughs> or Travis Kelsey. Because I very rarely want to run Travis Kelsey right. and Tyreek Hill together. It has happened more frequently this year, but typically in years past, they don't. I mean, you blow can get a pretty game cheap
3: games. game, cheap game stack running Mahomes, Tyreek Watkins, and Jaceki. Like that's having those two sub five k guys in that game, right? It's really interesting. So yeah, I like that He was going to be the one guy I was going to add on top of what you guys already. Already touched on, but I don't need to run through all the same guys that you guys did.
1: Yeah, I think I. I mean, really, your your builds will kind of you know dictate where you yeah. go. I, I I know Kelsey will will be popular, so it'll be hard for me to kind of figure out what I'm going to do with him. in one-offs or just where I'm playing Mahomes, but yeah. I, I do like the you know John knew for cheap um akins for cheap i, I at dalton schultz too uh we could talk about him i mean he's going against cincinnati been a favorable matchup for tight ends um love what he's been able to do uh with the target share even with guys like cooper uh lamb and gallup being there as well too so um he's quietly you know been been decent what you want from tight ends at 3500 i could see myself playing him as well too as a one-off
2: what about ian thomas um, without Dj Moore possibly Curtis Samuel I mean they're really gonna be down to who i mean <clears> i know, I, know, I know it's a little bit thin but in a game that they're you know i i don't know 2500 dollars he he's he's been running routes he just hasn't been they're obviously just not getting any targets um he has like a three percent target share over the last four games but yeah i can't i can't, can't. That, game's I just,
3: that game for me is just so gross i don't even i don't even know how these those teams are gonna score points.
2: <laughs> i don't love it either it was just something whenever i saw the guys that were out in that game i, I just got me thinking about you know something like aion thomas because i know he was a guy that's supposed to into this year a lot of people liked, but he just yeah. hasn't gotten yeah. any opportunity whatsoever um to really do anything i think he had the one game a couple of weeks ago i think uh or maybe been longer than that maybe four or five weeks ago that he was they actually decided to use him a little bit but other than that and then oh we didn't mention uh if if uh Kyle Rudolph, uh if, if they, he is out, then I like Irv Smith a lot because Irv Smith did return to practice.
1: Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The so he yeah, he's interesting. What's his price tag this week? Thirty one hundred. Yeah, I could I can get behind that for sure. Yeah. Ursmith Smith, definitely something to monitor there. Um, Alright guys, let's move on to defense as we get ready to wrap this pod up. Thanks for everybody in the DJ Nation fam rocking with us along here as we get ready to uh, get in the defense, build our team, close this out. So defense here, we, we don't have a 4K defense this week, so uh 3k and and below is kind of what we're looking at. I really haven't done that much diving into defense, so I'm actually going to start at the bottom here just kind of see what we're dealing with here. 2k Lions 2100 Jets after they fired uh Greg Williams there. Um Cincinnati 2300. It's been hard to kind of trust them. They haven't really been getting pressure, but they're going against Dallas there at home at 2300. Uh Dallas again on that same other game they're 2400 uh so those are going to be interesting interesting ways to go as we get up here I mean I'm looking at teams like uh Carolina against Denver at 2900 I saw them kind of catching some steam with some people I mean Seattle at 3k against the Jets um might have some merit to it you're looking at double digit or not double digits, but they've had uh, more than one sack in uh, a couple of straight games here. Uh, now limiting some production there, even against that, the Giants team, they were still able to put up nine. So if they could, you know, have that 12th man rocking with them there at home uh, against the jets, I kind of like that. The high price is the saints going against Philly at 3,800. Not really feeling too keen on that as they're on the road there. So defense is really kind of weird this week because you got, um, weird spots with, with guys on the road here um, and not, you know, not really defenses that we usually lean to. I mean, I'm looking at the Titans here 3,100 against Jacksonville, but the Titans have not been a defense that I've been even remotely wanting to play. The Colts at 3,200 against the Raiders, maybe, um, but I still don't know what the upside there is for them. So I'll, I'll be looking at, uh, I'll be looking at the Seahawks quite a bit there. To to play them, and I'll probably look at uh, the Cowboys and, and Bengals to pay down on builds this week. Uh, Kev, what, how are you feeling with defense this week? What about twenty two hundred dollars Eagles? Yes, yes, yes. I mean wow. that,
2: that feels like yes. play to me. Yes,
3: yes. I mean right. they've got thirty eight sacks. Taysom Hill's outside the dome, uh, and let's uh, let's just assume that the offense gets better under Jalen Hurts. That Eagles defense is now. You know, getting they're not on the field as much, basically, uh, to where teams have better field position and having more possessions against them.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's true. Uh, Does Michael Tomlin
3: from you there? But I, I was just so excited that you said that.
1: No, yeah. It's just that when I first loaded this slate, that was the first
2: thing that kind of stood out to me. I was like, the Eagles' defense isn't this bad or, you know, this bad to be $2,200. You know, I mean, New Orleans has played well with, with Taysom Hill and his, what he's been able to do on the ground. But at the same time, like, you still Taysom Hill. Like, I think if you put pressure on him, like, this could be the first time that we've really seen a defense really put a lot of pressure on him and clamp down on him. If this happens, you know, I think that could be a good thing for the Eagles. And this $2,200 was too cheap. I think the other ones that really stood out to me, at least down in the cheap range, were the Broncos against Carolina. Like, I don't hate that either. They're able to get pressure on the quarterback, uh, their secondary struggle a little bit, but I mean, you're talking about without DJ Moore, without possibly Carter Samuel, like who the fuck are they going to have anyway? And so if they can mm-hmm. build someone a lead, I think that, you know, $2,500 Broncos is, is another area that I, I would be
1: looking to target. I'm on them too. Like and, and and what about giants here at 2,600 going to. against, uh, Cardinals there? Um, they they've been they've been wanting to get pressure, you know, here as of late, uh going They're against Seattle since Philly just held Washington. Just yeah, held no, rust. just just held Russ. And if we're yeah. not getting, you know, if we're not I, the problem with me about the Kenyon Drake thing too is like Chase Edmonds is still gonna be there. He's getting double digit opportunities in every game, so he's not gonna see volume. In order to necessarily smash i mean he could he could get that unlimited production and break off a run like he did against dallas but yeah i think the giants if we're getting kyler murray that's banged up the what we've seen the past two weeks i think they can definitely be in play here at 2600 at home against the cardinals and and every week right for the nfc east teams is playoff week because they're 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 all just as bad mm-hmm. as each other and they're all trying to vibe for this spot um to to get that first place there so uh, yeah, Giants is interesting too. I, I, I guess I'll look at Eagles too at, t- at 2200 as I, I do like to pay down. That's an interesting spot there um, as the Falcons were able to get five sacks in the two games that they played against against Taysom. So, uh, interesting play there. Um, anything think else? I was oh, going to say, I
3: think, I think Washington's interesting. 2800 against San Francisco.
1: Yeah, on the road. Yeah, but just, I mean,
3: I'll probably end up on with a lot of Eagles just because of how cheap they are. You know, like Will said, shout out Will in the chat. Uh, he knows that I love to pay down for defense every week. So
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, I will, I like a couple weeks, I think it was two weeks ago. No, it was last week. I played on my main team. I had the Jets defense just because I was able to fit all the dudes that I wanted to play. So,
1: right. Yeah. And I mean, it's just such a high variant position. I mean, it is. Really, I mean, you look at I'll, the
3: Patriots last week, right. scored two freaking special teams touchdowns. That's not even defense. Right and you get get rewarded for it so it it really is a high variance uh roster spot to fill so that's why i just embrace the variance i mean even the best defenses in the best spots uh even if they give up like three points but don't get any sacks or turnovers i mean they're they're a low scoring defense so um you've got to embrace the turnover variance and just hope you can luck box into a touchdown somehow
1: for sure and that that's why i think the the uh, Panthers will be popular um, as a defense this week at twenty nine hundred. Just Maddie, you're talking about that game being gross. I think the sentiment for most people is that game will be gross. Drew Lock on the other side, the team is at home, more opportunities for him to throw, more opportunities for him to make mistakes. Um, I, I could see them catching steam here as we get into yeah. the weekend. Um, all right, guys. So that that is the week fourteen main slate breakdown. There as we get in, um, let me pull up the uh, the. Huddle for us here, the $5 single entry as we get ready to build this team uh, that we are doing. Shout out to everybody who's been rocking along with us in the chat, listening to us on the podcast streams. Guys, if you're listening, uh, on your podcast software there make sure you are subscribed to, to the channel there whether that be on apple Podcasts or stitcher or wh- whatever you guys have that you're listening to the pod we appreciate it just subscribe to the channel we we appreciate that and make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel the Allen robinson signed jersey giveaway happening on december 27th to anybody is eligible who subscribes to the channel that will be uh, how, you're, how you're eligible to win. And also, you're getting the content, too, that, that we're putting out there, the Fantasy Authority uh, TFA game day show that we have on Sundays, 10 o'clock Central Time. You can get that, get your DFS content uh, videos that are coming out, as well as redraft and dynasty content as we get here into the first week of the fantasy playoffs as well. So you guys want to make sure you're on the YouTube channel getting all the content that that has to offer. All right, let me pull up the five K or the 60 K huddle here, $5 single entry as we get ready to build our teams. And I'm just going to load it up and I'm just going to, pl- I'm going to start to start off the team. I haven't started in a couple weeks. I put in Corey Davis at 5,700 just cause I just want to play Corey Davis this week. Who wants next? Kev, you want next?
3: Let's just go Daniel. Colin Johnson. Then there's a run back. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, Colin Johnson there at thirty six hundred on the run back with the Tannehill stack. Uh, I'm not. I, I I don't know what where I'm going, but just to kind of riff here for a little bit as I think about what my play is. Maddie, how are you feeling about Tannehill there in the stack? So are you running him with two guys on, on every team if you're if you're building with him, or or how do you kind of feel what his upside is um, with pastures? Because some quarterbacks, I feel like you can play them with just one guy. They hit. that's pretty much all you need but with others i feel like i kind of have to have two guys to carry it um on the bill
3: so i'm i'm kind of glad you asked that question so the way i I approach it is if this quarterback smashes what's the likelihood that like how many guys is he bringing with him uh, like based on their price so if you look at let's say let's say that let's take the falcons for example right if Matt Ryan smashes, we know likely one of or both of Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones get there. But right. well, let's say it all goes. Let's say most of it goes to Julio. You don't have to have both Julio and Calvin, and then maybe the other. You know, maybe Julio catches two touch two long touchdowns, uh, and then Matt Ryan throws four to- total. Um, and you get maybe Hayden Hurst is a random touchdown, and maybe a running back catches a touchdown or something. Uh, and then Calvin Ridley doesn't get there. Well, Calvin Ridley costs you a ton of money, and you need him to put up 30 points at his salary for him to make sense in tournaments. And then you've got Julio Jones, who obviously smashed uh, with Ryan. So price does matter when you factor that decision in. So the high price guys, I tend to not jam. Try to not jam in a bunch of high price guys with my quarterback because the likelihood, you know, that. Ryan Tannehill is going to throw five touchdowns and bring A.J. Brown with him uh, and Corey Davis. And, you know, it's, it makes more sense to jam in guys on, like, a lower price stack because they don't have to do as much. And so you got the Titans, for example, you know, Ryan Tannehill, uh, he can go to Corey Davis, who's 5,700. You still need him to hit close to a ceiling for for him to make sense playing in tournaments, but – I mean, Johnny Smith is cheap. AJ Brown, you could pair him with Davis because of how how cheap Davis is. Um, right. It's just, it's like total total salary allocation across those four touchdowns. How how do you get there? And like, if a guy gets ten points – like last week, Furtzer, he got ten points, but he could have been in the, in an optimal lineup because of how cheap he was, if that makes sense.
1: I, yeah, I guess for for me, as I'm getting to these builds, and, and Kev, I'll go to you because I, I, I did play Austin Eckler at the running back position instead of A.J. Brown, and I feel like for me, as I'm building these teams with Ryan Tannehill, like if I have Corey Davis, I'm not going to, I I feel confident in not having A.J. Brown, too, because I'm just saying, okay, let me get all the production from Corey Davis. But as I'm playing teams that have A.J. Brown and I'm looking at, you know, the other two wide receiver positions and I'm seeing Corey Davis at fifty seven hundred. I'm like, well, if I'm going to play A.J. Brown, does it make sense then to hedge with Corey Davis? Because if for some reason he ends up hitting, then I, you know, I want to be able to kind of get those points as well as well from the guy who is going off so it's more so for me like if I have A.J. Brown I kind of consider do I need Corey Davis too but if I have just Corey Davis I don't feel like I need A.J. Brown and so that is what led me to play Eckler at the running back spot I I kind of want to get production there so right now our team is Tannehill, Eckler, Corey Davis, Colin Johnson we got uh, 5,400 per position Kev it's on you.
2: I will say just two really quickly to add on to that really quickly. It's just, I feel like at least with this, with this stack is with AJ Brown. I feel like he is more like not this year, but like, like Tyreek, previous years, right? Where he is somebody that that is not going to live off of volume. Like you're not going to get eight mm-hmm. to ten, you know, receptions from him for 140 yards. He's a four to six reception guy, but can get 160 yeah. receiving yards and two touchdowns because his ability after the catch and stuff like that. So, with that being said, with a guy like that, I would almost rather. At times, not stacking. Like, if if I'm going to play this, I would much rather have Corey Davis, you know, where Corey Davis is going to live off of volume. And I think, in terms of how the game goes, because Let's say that AJ Brown scores two touchdowns, but he takes he house calls two of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like like I feel like in the way that the game could turn out and, and, and the way the game, the game flows, that what ends up happening there is it kind of takes down Ryan Tannehill's value a little bit because he doesn't have to do as much because they're scoring quickly, right? So he's not right. stacking up those fantasy points as quickly. So like for me, like if I was gonna play A.J. Brown, like, I would almost rather play him by himself rather than mm. playing with Tannehill or play, you know, or do the run back depending on who they're, they're, they're playing on the other side and play that quarterback instead of, instead of him, if that makes I, sense. That's, a, definitely no, makes that's
1: interesting, Kev. That's so, interesting. I didn't think about that.
2: Wait, aren't you up?
1: I went Eckler. Yeah, he picks Eckler. So Tannehill, Eckler, Corey Davis, Colin Johnson is what we're looking at. Running back, wide receiver, tight end, flex defense.
3: I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor.
2: Rocking and with me. our
1: salary here. Go ahead, man. Go?
3: Because I think it's a slate where the quarterback has to go to nuclear. Let's double stack him with Johnny.
1: I like that. So we got Tannehill, Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, Corey Davis, Colin Johnson, John New Smith. wide receiver, flex, and defense are open. And we still have 57, 67 left per position. So this is this is turning. Put in Godwin, just to kind of see what we do. Uh, Kev, while you were gone, we kind of talked about the Tampa Bay situation. And I, I really like Mike Evans the most. Um, if he's out there and playing, um, I, I just think that he'll go overlooked at his sixty six hundred dollars price tag with his red zone role. Um, but I'll bu- I'll build right now as if we think that he's going to miss, in which Chris Godwin would then shoot up at sixty three hundred. Do you like AB Ryan? Um, no, because he fucked me over.
3: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm right there with you.
1: Um, I just, just I- asked because you can go AB D- Devontae Adams in the Eagles sort of end it oh wow that's it that i do i, I do like getting to uh Devontae adams or jones anywhere that i can um so that'll be interesting yeah i mean uh, yes if evans is out uh i think that'll just force tom brady's hand to kind of get him to where that target chair is if, if evans is in then i just can't do it i'll just i'll just let antonio brown beat me at 5500 um and just kick myself for not going back to the well. Um, You know, I think, I I think what it comes down to is, is that we, we know that Arians wants to get the ball to Evans. We know that Brady likes to get the ball to Evans in the red zone role and Godwin just being back healthy. um, He's just been, they've been on the same page. Like they, they, they just have been, he's been able to find him so much. And, I think that Brady brought in Antonio Brown, you know, for a reason. And I think this guy does have a role, but he just has not been looking like the first option as of sorts. I mean, he really didn't start coming along in that KC game until they were way out of it, you know? So in neutral game scripts, I think we're still going to see those two guys plus Gronk Gronk's been coming on as of late too. So I, I think he's either third or fourth person in that rotation when they're all healthy. Now, Evans being out totally flips everything around, and so I'll definitely have to consider him if that's the case. But if it's Evans and Godwin, I like I like those two first.
3: We also didn't talk about Ayuk at all. He's there, 5,400. He's very interesting.
1: Yeah, wow. He's yeah, – Well, he's I think him and
2: James and Crowder are both really interesting, especially with Crowder now with Denzel Mims ruled out. Yeah. Oh, is he out? Yeah, they they said it's personal reasons. I don't know. They didn't, okay. they didn't obviously specify, but um, so Denzel Mims isn't even playing in that game. My wow,
3: God. this is what, so. This is what I'm saying. Like, there's so many five to six K options this week that you don't have to really go dumpster diving.
2: No, I mean Ayuk. I, I mean you, you guys mentioned IUK, I think in the three games that he's played this year, or the last three games or actually three of the last four games. Or really, I guess you could just call it the last four games in a row. He scored twenty he scored a 20 K points I mean, the one he had 19.7. Yeah. So, you know, round up, but
3: yeah, I mean, I mean, he's doing it with Debo out there too. Until yeah. Kettle, until Kittle comes back. I mean, Debo's really, Debo has been the very short yards after catch guy and I has been kind of their deep threat, Like he's got all their air yards. And yeah, I this remember is- watching that primetime game, uh, on Sunday or Monday, whenever it was, um, Monday night, yeah, against the Bills. Yeah, Monday. I mean, Ayuk was getting deep shots down the field multiple times.
1: I mean, this is just stupid when you look at uh, Buffalo, New Orleans, Seattle, New England, 20 He's
0: points good, in a row. Dude.
1: He's it's so 20, good. 20, 20 points in all four of those games. Uh, that's That's crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean it's helped too that they they're missing so many pieces, uh, you know, George Kittle and everything out. But right. you're right. I mean, you, look, you look at just the five K range just among wide receivers in general is is fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. Marvin Jones is 5,800. You know, you mentioned Antonio Brown, Crowder, Ayuk, and then a, Sterling Shepard, who continues to see a lot of targets. And Daniel
3: Jones is back this week against Arizona. It's uh, the- he- Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if the five K running backs are going to be chalky, I think it's incredible leverage to play these five K wide receivers.
2: Yeah, yeah, I and mean, T.Y. Hilton fifty one hundred against the Raiders. I mean, there's just so many different options. Kiki, which you know, I know last week you you hated him. And he did okay, but but uh,
1: <laughs> did okay
2: <laughs> at thirty five hundred. But you know, even like even Tyler Boyd at forty nine hundred. Like I, I played to yeah. Tyler Boyd last week. And I know it's not you know a sexy play or anything like that, but there's just so many good options this week because I just think there's so many good matchups. And
1: yeah, if if T Higgins is out though, Kev, he would be he would be an awesome play.
2: Yeah, forty nine hundred. I mean, yeah. he's he's typically a sixty five you know range you know wide receiver. And I get it; it's not Joe Burrow, but oh, we what? we saw him produce last
3: year with. <laughs> Shane as well. so you guys see what I mean? This slate is wild,
1: right? No, but but Maddie, that's uh, Will, what I was saying. We'll take him
3: like, victory laps in chat, 100%, 100% TY. <laughs> uh, Dude,
1: and What's crazy is the numbers against TY against Houston, I had to go back yeah. and look because I was like, what did I miss here? And his numbers against Houston have been absolutely it's a- absurd. Um, but, no, as, as we get back into the build, because I, I do want to get back to that as we're building around. But uh, I, I just think that's why it, I'm looking at the 7K range of running back, and I'm like, how can I get two of these guys on my teams, because mm-hmm. you're looking at the high price guys, uh, Maddie. And we kind of talked about that, whatever week that was when Keenan was 8K and Metcalf was up there. And it was kind of just like, if you just take a stand on not having some of these high price receivers and just say, you know, who let me get the guaranteed production at running back that we think of and, you know, take a shot on some of these mid tier wide receivers, then you could put yourself in a good position in tournaments. And that's kind of how I feel like, I mean, in the 6K, low 6K range and the 5K range, like, these guys can go for 25. Like, it's it's not going to be out of the realm of possibility. And if they go for 30, like, I mean, you're, you're going to be sitting pretty. If you have, like, Jones, who gets 30, Eckler, who gets close to 30, and, you know, Montgomery goes out there and he gets 15, or Gaskin goes out there and gets 16. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake gets 10, or whatever he ends up with. It's just like, you can bank on those guys kind of hitting, you know what their ceilings are, but you can really get guys who have been giving you decent production at wide receiver in this in this range, um, game in and game out. So, uh, so yeah, right now we have we have Godwin in there. We got fifty five hundred left. I mean, we could we could play around with Antonio Brown and Adams. I'm curious to see uh, Kev where you think and what you'd want to do at flex. Um, we better We're gonna have a million jump. dollars left. <laughs> So right now, yeah, we got thirty four hundred for defense. All right, well, then hang on, we might make a swap elsewhere. I'm not leaving. I'm not. If we go, if Evans ends up playing, that would still be thirty one. We could play around with some of these other guys. I mean, we could play around with. I was going to say Jonu, but that only gets us to fifty one hundred,
3: and I'm not. I'd rather just play Jonu in a Tannehill stack. What if we? I don't
2: know if there's could... something there you'd like, but what if we swapped out Taylor? Fryer and Jones and then played Eagles D and now it still leaves 7K left. Is there something there that you would like for that? Uh
3: Let's see. That's a good question. John, i got to get back to John here. Eagles D. Leaves a 7K. Dalen against Tampa.
1: I don't mind it at all. Absolutely. Heck yeah, I'm in with that. Uh, a minnesota a minnesota player has been and you know has smashed whether it's been They're Jefferson Cook or too, healing right? yeah this is this is a this is kind of a crazy build too because we can't really there's no uh pivot that you could make in the flex because both of our running backs that are in the running back position play in the uh late games and then everybody else plays in the um early except for the eagles defense also plays in <laughs> the 3 o'clock i
3: do like the uh I like the Thielen-Godwin mini stack.
1: Just hope that the points just go to those guys. That's yeah. bananas. So the team the team that we have right now, if you're following along with us, and uses up all the salary, which is not something that we usually do either, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Corey Davis, Chris Godwin, uh, Colin Johnson, Johnu Smith, Adam Thielen, and Eagles D. Submit that into the five – Dollar single entry there, the the sixty k huddle. If you guys want to play along with us on DraftKings, and that's going to be it for the week fourteen main slate breakdown. Man, it's crazy flying by here. We're episode ninety three uh, for the DJ Nation pod, going to hit one hundred as we get into the playoff shows. So we really appreciate everybody who's been rocking along with us um, since since the inauguration pod. Since we you know have Maddie coming on for the full year, I don't think we've really even touched on. You know what that's meant for the three amigos here. As we've had Mr. Maddie DFS rock with us all season long, Uh, definitely been a pleasure uh, to to have him with us. Been a pleasure to have all you guys coming in and subscribing. We love we love seeing the numbers. We love seeing guys who are winning uh, off of the plays. And shout out to everybody who's been hitting us up on Twitter or hitting us up in the Slack chat. Uh, that we have as well. If you want details on that, hit up Kev at FantasyRef13 on Twitter or hit up uh, the Fantasy Authority at FF underscore authority and we can get you guys in there. You guys got any final words for the people as we get ready to sign off here?
3: No, nah, just embrace the chaos this week. It's going to be wild, but it, it's yeah, going to be yeah. a fun slate. I think if you have NFL Red Zone, this is the week to have it.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Six, I think six games on the afternoon slate too. Oh, Lovely. man, is it? That. I love that. Yeah, I think that's day. what I got. I doing
3: sweat. I just sit in my same sweaty sweatpants all day long, just sweating out my teams.
1: Yeah, six six games on the afternoon, seven games on the early. Oh yeah, love Sign that.
3: Sign me spot. up. Sign me up for that. And then you know, if you're drawn dead after the one p.m. games, you just fire up the afternoon slate, right?
1: Right. Exactly. And we're still getting. Uh, I mean, you still got Seattle, uh, Jets. You got Green Bay, Detroit, uh, Philly, New Orleans, oh, yeah. Atlanta. Uh, LAC on that, I'll be, so I'll be still a the afternoon slate for sure. Kev, any final words for the people there, Mr. Godfather?
2: No, nope, just uh, you know, appreciate everybody rocking with us, and uh, just just wait till next week. I mean, have you seen next week's slate? Oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> that is <laughs> He's looking, look,
1: looking forward to week fifteen. We ain't even. I started. mean, next
2: week you got next week we we get a fun two game slate on Saturday. You know, excited Ooh, right, about that. The right.
3: Saturday slates, and
2: then we also on Sunday we get Chief Saints at three o'clock. We get Bucks, we get Bucks, Falcons, Lions, Titans, Texans, Colts, rematch. I mean, there's all kinds of good weeks, you know. So <laughs> be sure to join us next week because next week
1: we <laughs> just I, lo- I love it. I love it, Kev. Always looking ahead uh to to the next week. Always looking to get that money any way that he can. So shout out to the godfather there at Fantasy Rap 13. Maddie Buckets at Maddie DFS. Uh Will in the chat talking about he's gonna win the Millie this week. Let's get it so. W- Will, have more power to you, man. I- sh- send us the build. I want to see. I want to see what the winning Millie lineup is going to be. Uh, signing off for myself at Ryan Alexander underscore W. It's the DJ Nation Pod at DJ Nation Pod on Twitter. Don't forget to sign up or subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you guys are in the running there. Alan Robinson signed jersey giveaway on December twenty seventh. That's two weeks from now. Coming up here, but until then, DJ Nation, get that money, and we'll see you next week for the week fifteen breakdown. Till then. Peace. think you can tell me what to do. know who you're talking to. Well, you better get used to the way the world I see what you got. Adventures and ounces. But that's a
3: priest, boy. Yeah. That's a priest, little man.